everyone, welcome to another episode of By the Numbers. We uh, were on a Wednesday this week. We were going to do it yesterday, but I, I just got uh, a message from Thorin saying he was back from holiday and he was therefore too wrecked to do a show, which which is rare. Uh, yeah, it's rare. Which uh, I approve of it, son. Um, yeah. Were you doing yeah. anything nice? Day off is good holiday? for you. No, really. It's just one of those things where too many days. The thing is, if you're in esports, you're obviously used to working on like not much sleep. But when you get too many days like that in a row, eventually you just have to like decompress for a day, don't you? you just yeah. you, it's when you literally wake up and you just don't want to do something. It's like fuck that. Because I actually have the obviously like luxury of enjoying my job most days. But if I wake up and I have no energy, it's like ah, oh, something's going wrong here. I might die. So <laughs> just take a day off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I feel like that at the moment, actually. Like I was like, "Fucking hell!" I might, I might take a hard Brexit on on doing this today because um, I've been in the weeds. I'm back doing the journalism thing, aren't I? I'm an idiot. I keep doing it to myself. So I've been up all night poring over all these legal documents for this phase stuff, which we'll talk about. You know, because remember we've we've alluded to it multiple times on sure. the fucking show that a shitstorm was coming down about Phase Clan, um, and it's finally here and it's finally happened. And it, it was actually. The torch paper that sort of set it all off wasn't the well, or rather the domino. To not mix my analogies, the domino that set it all off wasn't the domino I thought it would be. I didn't realize. Oh, right. Well, I, I I thought they would resolve stuff with with TFU and and. Oh, I assumed as much as well. Like that that was a very weird situation in general. The idea that he isn't fired, he's still on the team, but he's talking mad shit about him more publicly. That is a bit yeah. weird. Um. Oh no no that that's banks I think you're thinking of is it? Oh right. Yeah 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 yeah. Right, I see what you mean. Don't don't, don't mix yeah there don't mix don't mix don't mix your phase clan members and your clout gang members. But um but yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to all of that in a <laughs> One second. One of those phrases I never wanted to actually hear said in a legitimate Mate. context not ironically towards me. It's really weird because when I was growing up, clout just meant like vagina. All oh, right we like yeah, clout do as well like a hit. Uh, I got a clout ooh, I mean I heard that. Oh yeah, I've definitely oh, heard that. Yeah. I've definitely heard that as I've been being yes. beaten up by yeah. a, a family member. Sure. Believe it or but, not, uh, at the time you don't really worry about the semantics. You just try <laughs> no, to avoid physical pain. Uh, anyway, obviously this podcast for now is uh, sponsored by Rivalry, and um, they've been very good to us. Rivalry.com. It's a place you can go and you can place, um, you know, bets on esports events in a safe, ethical environment. You know, very responsible, fully licensed, doing things the right way. It's why we partnered up. Um, and uh, they do this thing called Thunderdome, which isn't even betting, right? It's all you do is you go on a rivalry, you uh, pick winners from matches, and if you get, you know, whatever the magic number is correct, like an accumulator, basically, you win money for free. It's completely free to enter. Um, and we've got the, the latest Thunderdome this week because uh, they do different ones depending on the events that are going on. Uh, it's back to being... Um, well, it's a bit of a bit of a mixed bag, but mainly based around the CS Summit because that's obviously coming up. I guess we can talk a little bit about that later on the show. And uh, the jackpot is five hundred dollars uh, if you get the correct number of uh, picks uh, there, and it's going to start in about seventeen hours. So you can go over to Rivalry, sign up, get that done, get it in the Thunderdome, win five hundred dollars. It's free money, and 
Uh, another thing to let you all know about today, we're, 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 you probably noticed we got sponsored in the title, hashtag sponsored, where we've got a sponsored spot from ESPN, who are obviously make documentaries about sports and, and esports. Um, we're going to be showing a documentary at the halftime point of the show. Uh, it's only three minutes, um, so shout out to them and stick around for that. Uh, it's the story uh, of an Overwatch player that overcomes some uh, pretty, um, you know, difficult odds difficult situation uh to basically climb the ladder and, and hone his skills so uh, even though you know overwatch not in my wheelhouse not a game that i watch a lot of almost none at all i would say um we can all appreciate the climb for any esports professional across any esports discipline so that'll be coming up a little bit later on and i'll appreciate you sticking around and watching that so let's get into the big news right at the top of the show uh obviously this phase clan stuff um, you know, it's been a shit show over at FaZe since 2015, and it's been spiraling out of control. And we're not going to talk too much about the Fortnite side of things, because as Duncan has said publicly in the past, it's not an eSport. Uh, well, it's not an eSport, is it? I mean, for moment. anyone wondering about that, quick status update. Because remember, I did tell everyone when Fortnite was being lauded as an eSport, you know, early last year, because that's about how long the fucking game's been around. But whatever. Yeah. Everyone said it's a future eSports. I even said back then, where are the esports tournaments? Well, mm. quick update for everyone. I saw actually one of the sort of like little digital flyers they make for the next big Fortnite event coming up. Don't mm. worry, Marshawn Lynch is playing along with Ninja. So we all know Marshawn Lynch is a top esports professional, right? Not a fucking like actual NFL player who in no context is a professional video game player. So all I'm going to say is I used to make the joke back then. Like, are you telling me Pokemon's a top esports pro? You know what, Pokemon, I'd just like to say to you, while you have accidentally almost dropped a bunch of slurs on stream, and in fact once did, aside from all that shit, I apologize for that. Compared to Marshawn Lynch, you are vaguely an esports professional. Saying um, that, I... you're still a fucking pleb streamer. I don't give a fuck about streaming or Fortnite. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, we won't talk about there the Fortnite. Side no, no, we won't talk. Yeah, we, we, we won't talk about the uh, Fortnite <laughs> side of things for sure. Um, but what we will talk about, uh, obviously, is how that can impact on the CSGO team. Um, it's like when so, we had the whole uh, Optic and Immortals thing. Like, the yeah, hope it exactly. is, yeah, even though the big story sounds like the COD side, it will have massive implications for Counter-Strike because obviously these are orgs that are also in our game. So, like, FaZe, we've literally talked about them most every episode for last year because it's all about, you know, do they have money? Are they going to buy players? Yeah. It's a big deal what yeah. happens to FaZe, of course. So um, if you're a CSGO fan, you weren't following what happened because, as I said, this was all triggered by a Fortnite player um, looking to leave the organization. Basically a very popular player, a player who actually by metrics, if we're going on Twitch, I believe is bigger than Ninja currently at the moment because, you know, we, we, we have these cyclical top streamers uh, from time to time. A guy called Tfue. He has been embroiled in an argument uh, with FaZe over He's elements of his contract. He? He's T-fuming. <laughs> now that's the solid <laughs> oh, goal. There we go. Right, that's there we the go. solid goal that I've got back the shit crowbarred puns. Right, I was yeah. going back in my wheelhouse. There. I was getting too political yeah, for a while. Yeah, I know. I was worried about you for a minute there, Duncan. I'm glad this is what this is what dad jokes. That's what you're here for. Right? Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, he was he he, he was he, he certainly was T-fuming because there was elements of his contract which. Um, seem to be very um, egregious, let's say. For example, uh, FaZe Clan were acting as an agency um, on his behalf where they would go out and basically be like, hey, you want to use our influencer for your um, uh, you know, event, your shindig, your advertising, your marketing, you know, whatever. 
here it is. We'll give you access to Tfue. Um, and for every every time they brought him a deal like that, they would they in in the verbiage of the contract, they could take eighty uh, percent of the money that was generated from that, and and the influencer would get twenty. Also, it seems from the way that Tfue's lawyer was wording it, that could apply for any earnings, so even his Twitch channel and everything else. Now, <coughs> FaZe have since amended those contracts, so now the 2080 split, the 80 is now in favor of the players, but Tfue never signed one of those new contracts right. because he wants the fuck out. It doesn't want to be held to those sure. contracts. And the problem that you have is because of the Talent Agency Act in California, you need to have a license if you act as a talent agent for anybody in the entertainment industry, Ooh. which, according to TFU's lawyer, um, that's where TFU falls under. He's not an athlete. He is an entertainer, an influencer. And that's backed up by the type of... They're doing my own job for me. been doing for FaZe. Yeah, exactly right. I don't so, even know argue that they're not a yeah, fucking eSport. Yeah. He's the biggest guy. And he's not. He's literally legally arguing that he's not even a fucking eSports pro. It's go. over. It's over. <laughs> so um, I, I covered a similar case back when Twitch bought uh, Alex Garfield's company, Good Game, which was operating in California and what didn't have a license. Basically... Uh, it's how probably it too small fry back then, though, right? Did they actually get in trouble? Well, no, you can't. You don't get in trouble for it. It's a misdemeanor, and no one will prosecute. Ah, like right. no one, no one's okay. ever for not having a talent agency license. No one's ever been prosecuted under the law because it's a misdemeanor. It's small. It's a waste of everyone's time. But what sure. it does do a hundred percent of the time, if you didn't have a license and you were found to be acting as a talent agent in the state of California, all the contracts that you negotiated yes, are invalidated. They're all null. Sure. Yeah, they're all null. Just know, by the way, just for reference. When they say that they were getting 80% and the person who they got the deal for got the 20%, I was, I, I'm not with them anymore, so I, I, I'm pretty sure this is not exactly hidden information. I was with a big talent agency myself because the one I was in within esports joined with WME, which is a huge mm. Hollywood talent agency, yep. one of the biggest in the world, and a reasonable split for a company like that. Remember, a massive agency, so they could easily make like the most, oh, the, yeah. the highest thing. There's, their top end would be about 20% themselves. They would never think about And by the way, that's because they're the massive one. Like if you wanted a smaller one, you could probably get like a 10% deal if you wanted. So as in the agent brings it to you, they only take 10%, give you 90%. So this actually, even though, again, FaZe claimed they never acted on it, just in principle it is absolutely outrageous. And then also I don't even understand what was going on in the brain of the FaZe PR person who thought the way to style this out was to just say, yeah, but we never acted on our utterly corrupt contract and even imply that they hadn't read it because of like, I think I was just added by some old, but like, what is this? That was, it, that was the maddest part about it, wasn't it? It made them yeah. look more incompetent. Well, I mean, incompetence is, is the key word. And, and just to back up what you're saying before we sort of go down into how it can impact on this the CSGO team, um, same thing. I was represented by WME, IMG uh, as well. Um, you know, they were in instrumental in getting me the uh, TV job over at E-League. They played a big part in it. And I think the percent, I mean, first of all, they didn't even take a percentage for that. <laughs> so they took they took an exact zero percentage. They were just like, you know, we've repped you for a while. We we've um you know we want to we we think you're the right person to do this. It's a joint venture between us and Turner Sports, and we want you in the hosts chair. So they didn't take a cut of anything, and they negotiated a pretty sweet deal for me going in. Um, but for the rest of the time, for the sponsorships, again, uh, they never took more than twenty percent. Never, never. 
And, and uh, you know, I, I can't imagine a world where 80% would ever be reasonable, where that would ever be reasonable. Especially hey, if you're not at his level. Like, well, at his exactly. level, you should be getting the best deal, obviously, yeah. And that was another thing. I had um, I had Devin Nash, you know, um, you know him. He's become Elixir, worked yes. at Dignitas, worked at CLG. I had him on the stream yesterday. And, uh, obviously, he's a guy who used to, he was, used to be a CEO of an esports organization. And um, now he runs a talent agency. And he was like, you know, when they kept talking about how they'd only taken 60,000 from TFU, and that was 20% of t like the de of two deals. So that's a $30,000 $30, and a $30,000, which represents 20% of two deals. He's like, if you scale that up and you do the math, those deals are so unbelievably small for uh, someone of TFU's stature who's got like 1.6 million Twitter followers, is the biggest Twitch streamer right now. Put it this He's way, like... I've made more than those sums from sponsorship myself, and I'm tiny compared to this guy as, exactly. a, as an influencer, obviously, and streamer, etc. Yeah, so, so basically, there's now an incompetency argument as well, because it's like if, you're, if your agent doesn't represent you adequately, you know, you, you certainly, you know, th th that opens up all sorts of things. So I had a long chat with Devin about it. But anyway, like I say, I, I, won't, I won't tunnel in on the TFU stuff. We'll talk about how it can potentially impact the CSGO team. Now, what I thought was interesting uh, was, all first of all, all this, like a lot of the CSGO players who've been at FaZe, you know, Carrigan, Exist, uh, you know, I'm not too sure who else. I can um, see where you're going on this, because the second they all just spontaneously post a message about how wonderful FaZe is, that yeah. just, like, if you don't know the way, I'll just give everyone a quick hint here. It's like getting blood out of a fucking stone, getting a player to tweet or do any kind of a sponsor thing. So the idea they would just apropos of nothing, come and tweet that. I could believe one might do it, but it just seems very suspicious. Like the timing of it looks like someone tapped him on the shoulder and told him to do it, basically. Yeah, I mean, you know, knowing the players, because... Uh, you know, I couldn't believe they believe it themselves, but like the time yeah, looked very suspicious. Yeah, it, it did. I, I'm, I'm going to go and say here, I, I, I don't think they were sort of induced to do it. Um, I, I, but but I, I think what you have to understand is that, first of all, FaZe is such a mess internally that the CSGO team, and indeed the whole vision for the CSGO team, has really been compartmentalized away from the rest of the org. Because how FaZe's bread and butter isn't esports. Oh, of course like, not. Like, to a much lesser degree actually than even optic you know an optic if you ever talk to hex about it he goes N you know we we're like i'm assuming game... streaming's the main business right yeah like we, we're gaming content first but we also happen to be good at esports because obviously optic have had like the number one call of duty team for a while sure. you know like highly decorated like phase you know they again sorry to use the word clout but you know what they started moving into was more bringing in um, like streamers and influencers yes. into this thing called Clout Gang. It's actually a registered trademark, <laughs> the Clout Gang. That sounds like some shit you're forced to join, otherwise you die in a prison fight. <laughs> no, that's what I said. Yeah, no, in it. Like, <laughs> you in Clout Gang? You know, like, like you ever have your coat pushed sniper from fucking training day. Um, yeah, absolutely insane, isn't it? That, that that that's a thing, and you know, that's got some god awful people attached to it, like Rice Gum and and, and people like brilliant. This. 
Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, like, I love the way it's just the most unethical scum fucks just circling around. Well, it's what I was saying. It's like, you know, it's not like this is a company that's like done everything right. You know, let, let let's be real about FaZe. They have been absolute dirtbags for the longest period of time. You yes. know, they had the CSGO wild stuff where they were all over the fucking um, skin casinos and having ties to players and all this weird shit. And, and you know, didn't declare it. And still to this day, some people think they might have owned it and, and got away with one. Then there was the time they did a crowdfunder for a video game they never fucking made. Um, you know, then in, like you say, in 2015, um, they got um, they got funding. And this is why I was up all night because I'm going through all these docs for another stream. Uh, they had a guy from Norway come in called Sebastian Gwertz. And he came in and he was from a um, social media app called Hubrick. And he came in and supposedly put money in and, and they're involved in a lawsuit against him for misrepresenting. So this is the rest of FaZe are in a lawsuit against the guy who came in and invested and partnered with FaZe for misrepresenting the value of the app and other things besides. And it's like a civil suit where they allege he committed fraud. And when I started Googling, because, you know, I've got access to the court documents, I got all these, like, you know, logins and signups you have for, like, you know, whatever these websites are called. Like, um, they're in about, they're, there's, like, documentation for about six lawsuits for faith. <laughs> it's like it just kept opening up. You've got cross-complaint <coughs> litigation. So you've, you've, you've got all this stuff. They're, they're involved. By the way, in though, here's the thing. Like, what I think is funny is that people are always surprised when this happens. Like, yeah. think about it. Right? I, I always make this point. One of the maddest things is when esports gets big, you should expect corruption by default because every oh, sure. industry that is not in some way regulated, either internally or externally, always has this. Because think about it, right? If the guy who makes the most money and has the most influence and the most power goes wait a minute, no one's even uh, watching what I do. What are the odds he's then just going to go further and take all of it? Of course. Yeah. Well, and, and for people Check asking in the chat, for people asking in the chat saying, you know, are they suing or are they getting sued? Okay, well, the ones that they're suing represent, um, you know, I mean, again, my opinion here, uh, it, it seems to me to represent incompetence because when you look into the Hubrick situation, the Sebastian Gwertz guy um, basically was like going, oh, this is this app will replace uh, Twitter. Hubrick will replace Twitter and will use FaZe and Clout Gang to push this app on all of our like reach with you as influencers. So not only will we have like all these major influencers, all these major esports stars, we'll also have the number one social media app. Now, who the fuck would buy that line of shit from a guy from Norway? Not me, right? I'd, I'd be like, yeah, probably might want to hold off on going all in on this one. Um, so sure. They're suing him for potentially telling lies. I don't know if he's counterfiled because there's 99 court documents to go through in that lawsuit alone. I haven't gone through them all. Uh, but then you've got stuff like they're involved in uh, a lawsuit where they're being sued by Hilton Media Group for non-payment uh, for all the uh, services. Hotel or something. 
<laughs> no, no, no. The Hilton Media Group um, is uh, uh, basically a, 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 a like documentary, you know, media company that they sort of uh, employed to help create content, help book stars. Like apparently they were doing some content with Chris Rock. You know, they right. would, and, and and Hilton, the Hilton Media Group did all of this, and Face just haven't paid them. And I don't know if it's because this money's tied up in all this other shit. I don't know if this money, I don't know if they like legit can't pay. I don't know if they're not liquid. Meanwhile, of course, you know, you've got all this other stuff related to the fucking houses and what's going Like, honestly, they are, they are, they, like, FaZe just needs to be fucking trimmed with a fucking flamethrower at this point. Um, but the CSGO team, while all of this has been going on, is like completely fucking compartmentalized away from it because that was actually Sebastian Gwertz's fucking brainchild. Oh, okay. When he came in, he wanted to see, he was like, we'll get into CSGO, we'll get a good team, we'll spend big, here's the money, we'll sign all the top the players. Fucking Scandinavia was the one who wanted yeah. to get into CS, right? That all yeah. adds up. <clears throat> yeah. So that happened, you know, that happens. And um, now, you know, I, I don't think banks even could tell you who the fuck the um, or any of the other top level phase representatives and mouthpieces could tell you who the fuck the CSGO players actually are. It's very distant from everything. So I think all that's actually happened is in terms of how it impacts on the phase. I put it this way. I've never seen a video with Guardian shotgunning a fucking beer in one of them houses in like fucking Beverly sure. Hills or whatever, right? Like it, it, it's like almost a side project. And um, I, I think basically what's, what's happened is they've been told you know, there's no money at the moment till we square all this shit away. And I've been saying this for ages. Like, they can't go out and sign top-level players because how are you going to drop half a mil on a fucking buyout when you're, when you're not paying a media group over here $30,000 cause they, you know, per episode of a sure. podcast they did for you? So um, I, I, I think, but, but also as well, good luck to anyone trying to decipher the, the fucking corporate structure of FaZe. Good luck with that, by the way. What about this then? Because I saw, even though you didn't say it on your stream, that right afterwards, that Devin Nash guy made that yeah. comment that I've, people got the little clip of where he says that this means FaZe will just shut down. Now, from what I've read, that right. doesn't seem like that. Surely they just changed like, the country they're in or something. Surely there's yeah, a way. He, he, seems he unlikely they're going to shut back. down, right? He, yeah, he walked that back a little bit on on um, on stream because like, oh, fair enough. so, so th this is why they 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 potentially will get shut down in california and it's actually more i'd probably say right now it's more likely they do than they don't so okay. what you've got going on is in california right they definitely well okay i can't say definitely but it's highly unlikely because i've checked the database myself i've used all of the names of people who are considered executives at phase i've used phase clan i've used clout gang i've used all the other fucking parent companies i can't find a registered talent license in the talent uh, agency database which anyone can access so unless they're about to do some fucking great like smoke and mirrors move where they fucking pull out somebody who actually handles all of the talent work and he has a license I don't know what the fuck, um, because it looks very cut and dry in that regard. And remember, one, this isn't even the, like a debate. 100% of the time, if you have done this type of work without a license, the contracts get invalidated. The California Talent Agency Act has never been um, successfully challenged on that basis. Never in its history. But okay. that isn't the big issue. Because 
uh, this has been going on for a while, despite Banks lying and saying, man, this totally came out of left field. My homie blew me up, man. Like, despite saying that shit, right? Um, this has been going on since September 2018. And what T-Fuse legal team did, they were like, you know what? Fuck this. We're dropping a dime to the California uh, Labor Commission. Now, this is where it gets fucking scary for FaZe, scary for anyone in California. Uh, the complaints that they've given to the California Labor Commission are basically that um, they uh, didn't, that, that, that these people were ostensibly employees. They weren't provided a duty of care. There was underage drinking going on in an employee's house, which is what it would be, con what a team house would be considered as. So they weren't protected in that regard. That uh, TFU incurred injury while working because he injured himself in a skateboard video that now has mysteriously been deleted despite the fact that banks came out and said yeah you did hurt yourself in that video but you've hurt yourself in other videos like no these people don't but, go through legal counsel no, no, no they don't it. they just put a camera on it's phase they just turn the camera on and talk and then they go right I just love okay. the thing, they think they're going to style it out in a vlog that's what i just love about these people like the hubris imagine how far gone these people are you know mm. what a lot of legal problems we've got at the moment. Turn on the webcam. I'll take care of this. Right. All right, homie. So, <laughs> and then you've got the fact that uh, if, the, if, if they have violated the Talent Agency Act and the contract is deemed to be egregious, plus there was three instances prior, prior to now where TFU supposedly requested money he was owed and didn't get it which is what triggered the whole thing in the first place, supposedly, okay. if you follow the chronology. Um, the California Labor Commission can just come in and say, well, yeah, this, 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 this is what you're doing doesn't uh, comply with the laws we have, which are, which are the most friendly towards the worker in America. And we are now going to issue you, I mean, the sanctions they can issue are insane. So first of all, they can shut the business down outright just gone you can you, in, in california this is because it's based there right yes yes so okay. they would have to sell their houses in california they couldn't operate in california they couldn't have any employees registered or bound by california would law. your contract not apply in another state or is it that your contract in california well, just goes? well if 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 it was deemed to be a violation of the talent agency act which it almost certainly would because all of the influencers have signed this cookie cutter contract if they want to walk from phase, they probably can. Uh, because because if, if they find that they don't have the licensure and they made these contracts in an improper fashion, all contracts are void. And that actually includes if you're if you're somebody who employed like TFU or any of the influencers and you owe phase money, you ain't gotta pay it. <laughs> this also just shows how incompetent they are, because yeah. like if you're gonna do dodgy shit. Everyone in the world knows you just obviously incorporate in like one of those like tax haven places, don't you? You don't make it a massive state in America. Right. Well, well, I mean, this is where it gets really funny. You'll you'll like this little uh, tidbit. It's two hundred and twenty-five dollars for a talent agency license. That's so stupid in California. <laughs> so just just putting that out there. That is the punchline to the whole thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, but then on top of that, the California uh, Labor Commission um can fine you and they give you an example um cheesecake factory um they were deemed to be negligent of several california labor codes in regards to janitorial work such as uh, the food they served 
to you know and 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 this is the much broader issue uh like food they served uh shift patterns that they provided uh they were deemed to be basically in violation of a duty of care of their employees and they got fined 4.76 million in june last year and it's it, it, right and so you're fucked immediately and and the the impact if the california labor commission does decide to investigate it's pending so there's still a chance none of this happens is that they could come out and make a determination that team houses for esports teams in california count as offices effectively and if you live in one as a player or a, a fucking streamer or an influencer then all of these things have to be regulated by the California Labor Code. What food you get, your chefs have to be accredited. There's got to be health and safety on site. Uh, working hours. Forget about it. It ends team houses in California it, sure. it, it, if, they, if they come in. So, Which could the, be the, all of esports, basically, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're in... LCS teams and all those are over yeah, there. Ab absolutely. So the <coughs> seismic repercussions are uh are huge and then it gets even worse potentially i know like you're like how the fuck can it one of the things uh one of the parts of the complaint is they say that the way esports teams work is anti-competition -comp anti anti-competitive okay so what that means is um california are gonna have a long look and be like these young people signing contracts where your employer your your org say your sponsors are our sponsors and you can't negotiate your own sponsors and you can't play for anyone else not even casually we can veto all of it which is just standard in esports oh, of course this lawyer is saying no that's actually anti-competition and if and, and, and if the if the california labor commission agree with that there's a chance this could go federal What's the difference then? Because obviously, if you do some jobs, you're not allowed to moonlight and do others. So, what's the distinction here between why this would be not allowed, but that like that would be allowed in a normal job where you have some level of well, exclusivity or whatever? So, when you work for somebody in 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 America, um, you know, like they can put they can put limitations in who you work for if if it directly competes with their business, you know, stuff where it might take their IP. They can the business can put some protections in place. Um but what they can't do is in any way that violates your rights um or operates extraneously to the contract they can't stop you say pursuing uh, a, a line of work that doesn't directly conflict or you know leaving leaving a job right like they can't maybe stop start a business on the side yeah. or something sure right yeah. that makes sense. so so like so like esports e think think about this with esports like what if i want to leave a team i'm just bound by that contract and in a lot of esports contracts i'm bound beyond the parameters of that contract like sometimes even when your contract technically ends people are still asking for buyouts it's not like you 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 know so some of them you don't even automatically lapse into free agency all of this could very i mean you know you can make an argument that it's anti-competitive you know the interesting uh, thing this makes me think about quick yeah. side just, yeah, yeah. just a side observation yeah yeah jump in those massive companies like blizzard software i think there was one called riot games who like to moralize and tell people not even just literally what they expect of like professional morally judge people based on how they act in the world and they claim to care about like the environment that their players play within they probably didn't give yeah. a fuck about any of this stuff though 
apparently well, was against but, the law. But dude, why do you think I've been saying for years that I, Madden, I you yeah. know, you know, listen, I want the cat. I'm going to write an article for the show. I'm, I'm going to when I get time. Um, I'm shelving all the other stuff, and I, and, and I want to just put this out there. I hope the California Labor Commission comes in and takes a fucking sure. flamethrower to it all, because team houses have been diabolical forever. The Beskage digital sweatshops, let's be real. Yeah, they always yeah, that, were. That, that, that's, they always were. You know, talking as a guy, I'm sure you've been to the ones in South Korea, by the way. Sure. sure you've seen the ones in South Korea where it was literally fucking five guys, burgers and fries in a fucking single bedroom with little sure. string curtains dividing the roll-up floor mattresses. We've all seen that, right? I mean, and then people in America were going, wow, no wonder we can't beat the Koreans. Exactly. Look at that dedicated... Fuck that. If that's the price wow. of victory, dude, who the fuck wants to live like that as a professional fucking athlete? Um... And, and and as I said, I didn't see a single team, you know, all the team houses I've been in, been around, uh, visited even for a day, or had players living in them, talking about it, going all the way back to the old StarCraft II team houses, uh, which uh, the late great Total Biscuit said were just fucking uh, glorified frat houses, and he was on point, as he very often was. Um <coughs> you know, all of the fucking team houses I saw had, like, just abominable conditions going on. Um, all of them, right? Like it was either, you know, the food was uh, atrocious. The working hours were atrocious. The supervision was atrocious. People were sharing rooms. There was no fucking privacy. You know, people were fucking, um, you know, feeding each other fucking pet pills to get through the long practice hours and everything else. Um, so I've, I've seen some unbelievable stuff. So I hope the California Labor Commission deems this to be fucking worth a full investigation. And I hope they torch it to the fucking ground because the only people who benefit from team houses, well, okay, hyperbolic statement. In general, 99% of the benefit of team houses goes to the org and no one else. It's a cost-cutting measure. It always was. It was, it, was, it was about convenience. It was about managing people. And as I said, the, the, the worst part is as well, team house. And then it's like, oh, but the owner uses it as a summer house and um, cordons off part of it. And you have an entourage as well in there of like, you know, all the other content creators and documentary makers. And you have a chef living there and you have this and you have that. And it's like suddenly these, you know, six bedroom houses have like 14, 15 people living in them. And it's it's a fucking nightmare. It's It's no way to live. So... Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm like absolutely rooting for the California Labor Commission to come in and fucking finally do investigations. And it's great that it's phase that's going to fucking take the fall if they do, because no organization has got away with more, still been beloved by their fans. And because of their unbelievable industry pressure that they can apply, you know, where like literally Banks gets in a fucking bar fight at a bar, he takes, records a video of it fucking basically, you know, giving his skewed version of events. And that bar and, and the people there, their, their lives were made a living hell from FaZe fans, you know, giving them negative hell. Yelp reviews, you know, like fucking calling him fake shit to the, you know, absolutely, you know, they've got away with so much for so long that it's like absolutely ridiculous. And no one ever goes up against FaZe because they know that's the type of stuff that's in the pipeline if you do. So um, bringing this back to the CSGO thing, I mean, Honestly, if if 
the worst does happen and they get embroiled with a long drawn out legal battle with the California Labor Commission, which, by the way, none of which will be publicly available. So we won't know if it's happening or not. Okay. We'll get access to the civil suits. We won't know. I mean, the California Labor Commission might issue a statement saying that they have um, their legal term is deemed controversy and they will begin an investigation. Um, but uh, we won't know where that investigation goes, you know, how long it's going on for, what they find. You know, we're not going to get rolling updates like we can from a court case. But I honestly think if that happens, I think they start to shut down extraneous parts of the phase business. And I think the CSGO team will absolutely be one of those. Especially if you look at the condition it's in, it'd be the most logical to cut. Yeah, I think so. It's also a game that doesn't make money, so of course. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think... You know, I, I think Fortnite's huge. Uh, you try and retain as many of the Fortnite players and whatnot sure. as you can. They've already started scrubbing videos and stuff. I, I called it last night on stream. I said the next thing they need to do is go through all of the incriminating videos and, and get them removed. It doesn't matter anyway because you would have to present them as part of discovery once the court case goes and, and nothing's ever deleted off the internet. But you should at least try and be competent. You need to put a gag on Banks. Uh, as soon as possible, which they've done. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think, honestly, like, they, they, they start making more streamlined content. I think they stop filming every second of every member of Phase's oh, life and calling it content because you can't control that shit. I think everything now... You get someone to check that shit, go through another set of eyes, yeah. course. Oh, look, yeah. here's the thing. If you're a CSGO fan, let's just cut to the fucking meat of it, shall we? Yeah. Imagine a world in which... Obviously, it's not going to be tomorrow, but one day, out of nowhere, Nico, probably the second best player in the entire mm. world. And by the way, if you were going to make like prospects for the future that you'd want to sign, he'd be number one, by the way, because Simple remembers from fucking Eastern Europe. Like He's not super yeah. fluent in English. Nico could speak absolutely fluent English. So mm. Nico would be the number one prospect in the whole world of Counter-Strike, and he would be a complete free agent who anyone could sign tomorrow. Yeah. I could imagine that would be the most insane bidding war Counter-Strike's ever seen. And um, yeah, well, so the next point is I don't know enough about the CSGO contracts to know um, the specifics of what the buyouts look like, whether they just terminate and let people go. Because on the surface, it might make sense to release, I don't know, someone like Guardian, who's like, you know, approaching 30 if he hasn't already turned 30 and married and is very much in the twilight of his CS career right now. Might make sense to release him. Doesn't do a lot of content, right? I mean, you've noticed as well, in terms of content from FaZe, this big content juggernaut, CSGO team does fuck do all. Call. Yeah, of course. Yeah, CSGO does fuck <coughs> all. Um, which is, you know, and then you think about how Optic approach it. And as soon as even, they even had Shazam at those fucking Optic houses doing content and doing shit so um you know so i i think i think there might be a chance that they would release like an olaf meister you know I, whether they hold on to nico because he's potentially a million dollar asset i don't know so i mean nico could potentially off the back of this find and again this is all speculation at this point guys of course. but he could potentially find himself um uh you know like in, in a non-functioning team, a team that has downed tools, doesn't attend events anymore, but isn't going to be released because they're going to hold on to his buyout. This all depends on his contract. Now, 
If the other interesting part is if Nico signed a similar contract to Tfue <laughs> under the same circumstances with the same conditions in, which would make no sense because I don't think they think of the CSGO team as influencers, but right. if they are just do if they are just doing cookie cutter contracts, probably can walk from it, honestly, because um they're, they're claiming to represent you as an agent and don't have an agent license. So I mean the whole thing is just beyond a fucking mess and and, and in typical fashion uh, th what people have focused on is did tfue betray phase because they made him and you know and it's like none of this is relevant people aren't interested in politics anything all i've learned this in fact there's a lot of people who even follow sports like esports just for the drama yeah. you're all, just, all yeah. you, here's the thing you all need to just accept that you want drama and pick a soap opera it'll give you drama every week some of them are even actually well written for what they are like it'll give you that little burst of drama because the problem here is like you're saying here like people are missing all these really big in the context of esports like social issues business issues and it's all about whether or not one guy Ah, uh, was he loyal to his home? He's like, that, that's a shit storyline, man. That's not real life. Yeah, and 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 why are people like this? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just it's just a sports thing in general. So it's like I, you know, I don't necessarily blame them for that. What what is annoying is that there's people in the industry that really should know better that are like that are like talking about this. But but you know, long long story short, I'd I even think... say for those players, even though I get it, yeah, you were treated nicely, dude. That's always been one of the biggest fucking bans of journalists. Is that what happens? Is you get a company and some person at the top of the company is a complete scumbags, fucked everyone over and then the players like but i have enjoyed my time here where billy the fucking event manager brought me water it's like what's that going to do with this that would be like yeah. some guy going all oh, the guy in the amazon factory gave us free cookies every morning so jeff bezos must be doing a great job like what's the relevance it's yeah, stupid exactly. isn't it i get why yeah. they like it but it's not relevant is it no and and, and that's what i mean and and, and like the, the what's been driving this conversation it, like people aren't even looking at the ramifications uh to, of how it can impact the industry like everyone's just tunneled in on going like oh you know where will tfu go next what does it mean it's like guys the 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 first thing phase need to do is let him go like cut him the fuck loose say thanks thanks for playing probably even um, give him a little golden handshake on the way out well please I mean, stop might, saying it, stuff <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because i mean there's there's also other things um that, that are potentially coming out there was an allegation and it was it was made by the the lawyer and i i looked up this lawyer he is shit hot like he is unbelievable like tfue's lawyer for, for this case is an expert in this very field it's not like he dabbles in contract law and he uh, no 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 this is his bread and butter. And he said, I want to change the whole industry because these esports teams have been oppressing players and entertainers for too long in the, you know, in the state of California. Like he he wants to make this a career case and he's got the the clout, dare I say, to do it. Um but um, you know, people are really like tunneling in on like, you know, oh where where's 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 um, TFU going to end up next? They're not looking at the huge ramifications this can have for the industry. They're like just not interested in that. They're 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 interested in um, you know how will this affect his like sub count? Will this impact on his popularity? You know, it's like guys, this this change this could this can change. If you're a Cloud Nine fan incorporated in California, this can impact on them. Uh, TSM fan, this can impact on exactly. them. You know what it I mean? Can go across all the games. Yeah, exactly. All the games, uh, all of all of the games, and um, and it can change contracts. It can change player contracts, how they work for the better. Finally, we could get to a place where players don't have to accept 
that because I play in Team X, I have to use Mouse X. You know, like I don't have to do that. I can go and get my own individual endorsement deals. Finally, there can be this additional value. I mean, you have to understand how backwards esports is in general in comparison to real sports. Because when people sign to a team, we've only just got to a place where actually better players negotiate a higher salary yes. for themselves. That's pretty recent for people who don't realize that is pretty yeah. recent. Yeah, like how it used to work, let's say in 2016. I think that's a fair cutoff point in general. How it would work is all players had a salary, the same salary. Basically, like... Simple back then would have made the same as Edward would, and they would get all the same breakdown of the sponsors, everything. Exactly. They would be treated as if they were literally identical. Yeah. Yeah. While so, one is providing insane value, the other one, who knows what the fuck they do. Yeah. So, again, imagine, imagine a world where it's like, yeah, Simple's making the same as Edward. I mean, that might actually be the world. I'd find it hard to believe, but, you know, that we live in now. But that was the norm. That's been the norm for every eSport across the board since eSports started, and it's only just started to change. And then you add to that, right? Whose face do I want on a fucking mouse box when, when I want to sell exactly. a, a, a CS mouse? Do I want Edward, like, literally with a little fucking quote next to his fucking beardy-weirdy cat weasel head saying fucking... I used to be good 10 years ago. Maybe this mouse will allow you to be a washed up hack. You know, like, oh, do I want simple? I'm the best motherfucking player in the world. Did it my way. I body people. I've had unreal stats for two years. And if you use this mouse, you'll be as good as me. Right? You know what I mean? Like, what do I want? Well, it, it, you don't get that choice because simple can't negotiate his own shit. So it, it, if the California Labor Commission... Uh, come in and it changes in California and then it, it could potentially go American wide, you know, because even if you're one of these teams based in Houston or whatever, you might just want to do best practice and have contracts that rep that are the same as California teams contracts have to have legally. Otherwise you're not competitive. Yeah. <clears throat> so it has this. And then once America's doing it that way, well, Europeans love to go to America because first of all, you get to live in America and then second of all, you get to play at a diminished level of competition. You generally get more eyeballs because you're playing at times that are tailored to a much bigger audience. You, you, you've got more earning potential. You're playing weaker players in general. So, I mean, you know, if you're fucking sign me up to that, all I got to do is get a visa and then I'm good. So, I mean, seriously, this, this, this really could be a potentially big thing for the whole of esports, just not for the fucking reasons that most people are um, are talking about. So look, before I move on to the next topic, um, you know, I'll just get some sort of final uh, thoughts from you about where you think it can all mean, what it could all mean for for face CSGO, um, <coughs> and, and, and just that broader context. Because sure. I, 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 right now, with the way everything's been going at FaZe anyway, with the fact that they can't be competitive with players for whatever reason that is, and they're bringing in fucking Neo to be an in-game leader, which I think is like one of the most fucking just unambitious roster moves I've ever seen for a, a top 10 team, of like ever. Um, I, I, You know, it's probably not a bad time to think about just cutting the project anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, that I, I definitely agree with you. If you look at the way they've treated the CSGO team, the last, I'd say, like year and a half, it was clearly on the back burner. It was clearly not something that was a top, top priority. As I said, if you look at all the different areas in, in esports, 
you can make a lot of money in streaming. You lose a lot of money in the esports games. So, like the idea that of all the esports games, the one that right now doesn't even have a, like a revenue sharing model would be the one you'd keep. Of course not. It would be the first one you would cut. Of course. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I absolutely, and especially if you add in the part you said that the guy who basically wanted the CSGO team brought in isn't even the guy who's there anymore. They have no real, what, what, they have no tie left to that thing. They're not making money from it. It's not the best team. It's not the best for influencers. You can't really even, as you said, they don't even do fucking content. I've always thought CSGO pros, one of the areas they got mad deluded a couple of years ago is where they wanted to get higher and higher salaries while doing less and less and less and doing none of the extra stuff that every other esports game does. I've never understood that, Richard. Like people who are League of Legends pros stream as well and like do fucking tweets about sponsors. and These guys don't do anything. So I've always thought those guys needed a serious fucking wake call anyway i definitely agree in terms of the industry-wide thing like in general obviously the purist in me just wants to watch the games so if you can get the best teams there and the best players on some level i'm down with that but that's also when it was the early days and when you know applying for visas would have been a nightmare if every player who went and played a few tournaments in america had to do it so at that point in time yeah you could sort of look the other way a little bit but i will say this as well one thing that I does make me in a in sort of a fucked up way almost pleasantly anticipate some of these orgs getting either fined or tore up completely is these cunts also have been moralizing to me and everyone else in the industry for the last fucking 15 years or so, maybe yeah. 10 years for most of them. Like that's the other thing. These are the same people who because they've just seen what big companies in America do, who also don't believe that shit anyway, but they do the same thing where you can't just present yourself as I'm a really good company who makes a good product. No, no, we are good humans who have core values that we represent. Like, you know, when you go with that whole fucking like cult-like speech, like I, I, I know that some people are just doing that cynically, but I detest it so much. I'm always hoping for those people to get exposed in scandals, to have done something literally criminal, just because I hate people who moralize and then aren't living any of that shit in private life. Like, that's one of the reasons I don't do that, is mm -hmm. I'll tell people, yeah, I talk shit. So as a result, if someone else talks shit, yeah, that's fine. That's the standard you have to hold people to. It'd be bullshit to be like wrecking everyone else for stuff like that. If I then myself don't live that life. So... Just on a personal level, I do always enjoy people like that getting sort of their comeuppance in some way. It's sad in terms of the CSGO team because mm. it's already been in some sort of fucked up stasis for the last year or so. Then they had that whole internal situation where they had to let one well, of the best pieces, Carrigan, go. But I get it, but you couldn't replace him. So I have felt like for a while, like I tell you what the most depressing thing about the Astralis era for me is. It's not that they won everything no one could beat them. It's that the two best players in the world couldn't get functional teams around them to at least go head-to-head -head with them. Like, if Astralis had just straight up beaten Na'Vi when they had all good players, then it wouldn't matter that Simpo's the best. That would even be an even sicker accomplishment. But as long as there are those flaws in those teams, it's it's just depressing to watch. So I, don't, I hope it can all be resolved soon. But by, by, by what I've heard and everything I've read so far, it all sounds like the right people are going to get fucked, basically. Yeah, and, and like you say, long, long time coming, <clears throat> and it'll be interesting to see how there's like an industry correction off the back of this. Now, of course, this could be another one of those uh, near misses for everyone in esports. As I said, this has been an issue since 2015. Nobody picked it up then when I was writing about it in 2015. Um, and and if the California Labor Commission are like, honestly, we can't be asked. Because, you know, it sounds like we're going to have to... It's a bit like the visa yeah. one. Because, you know, the yeah. visa one, yeah. they had a few chances recently where that looked like it was going to come to a head and everyone was going to get wrecked. But as you're saying, they sometimes just back off. Like, they realise we're not going to tear the whole thing up. So it depends how determined they are, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, when 
when when we find out one way or the other, we'll have a much better idea about where this can go. You know, we might be, you know, it might be saying, oh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And actually, the California Labor Commission might not give, uh, you know, two fucks and, and nothing comes off the back of it. But I still think there'll be a slight industry correction because you can't fend off the American government forever. Sure. It's like I tell you, it's a matter of time. You know, if you're not, if, if you're a streamer and you're not filing a 1040, um, or if you're uh, a player and you come out here and you're playing on tourist visas, like was going on in LCS all the time and making money, it's a matter of time before Uncle Sam's coming. You don't want the IRS. I will coming. say it is mad how many pro players I've known who've had years they didn't oh, fucking yeah. submit taxes. <laughs> yeah. That is, I even used to tell them back in the day. This is so short-sighted because what you're not realizing is taxes don't go away, mate. Like, if this ever gets big, you better be out now. Like, you better yeah. not pay it now, but then you've got a year left. Like, if you're planning to do this long-term, you are just, like, basically you're, like, building the noose for yourself at that point in time. Well, like, <laughs> I've tried to explain to people as well because they think, um, you know, if you're a foreign import, people don't realize the powers the IRS has out here. You can seize all your shit as well. <laughs> yeah, they just seize your assets. They're just all up in your fucking shit um <clears throat> like a proctologist uh they can fucking garnish your salary if you make one exactly they can go you... directly to your employer and take the money without you even having to give it to them yeah like and and i've tried explaining this to to, to people it's not like in the uk but it's like i had a tax bill right like in the uk and while i was living out here and it was just such a low priority to fucking pay it and they would be like, look, Mr. Lewis, we'll, the Queen wants her money, and if you don't pay, we'll put some more interest onto the principal. Like, suck my fucking nuts. You'll get it when I'm ready. Fuck you and fuck the Queen. Right? You know what I mean? But, like, out here, I'd never say, fuck the IRS. That's, like, fucking suicide. You know what I mean? Like, but, but I, yeah, I dragged it out for as long as I could. It's all, all settled now. Um, you know, luckily the IRS, well, our equivalent in the UK also doesn't roll up with a SWAT team if necessary. Like there's ne it's never going to go to that level, is it? Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, they just got, cause they, they just don't have any power. IRS audit all your shit. One, one misplaced fucking decimal point can be cataclysmic. Um, and people have been flirting with this shit for a while. Esports has basically enjoyed all the luxuries of being non-regulated yes. and operating in the shadows for way too long. Well, guys, you, you're the ones, you're the evangelicals telling us all the money's here now and it's legit and all the VC groups are in. Why don't you want to do shit properly now? Surely we can afford it, right? I mean... It's almost like they had no margins left to squeeze, eh, Rich? The other yeah, thing as well is this... This is also another great example of how esports is not anywhere near as big as they say it is. Because you know what? There are other industries, some of you can probably think of now, that get away with some of this stuff. Not all of it, but some of it, or like half they get away with it. That's because those industries are so huge. They can afford fucking bribes and stuff. They can pay the right lobbyists. They can de donate to the right foundation that gets the right governor or senator on your side. That, you know, like esports isn't at that level yet. I said this about the visas. If they, if it really was as big as they make, they would have had that shit sorted years ago. Like they would have got some special dispensation or whatever the fuck. Like, like it's another one of those areas where this is where this is like one of those moments where someone in the fucking Wizard of Oz pulls back the little curtain and you see just a little guy, don't you? Like, what the fuck? That's all esports was. Just some wizened old cunt with a face hat on, like, what up, Obi? He's just like, I'm no one, look away. Like, <laughs> it's the way the guy's name's called fucking Banks as well. Would you look at that? He's all torn apart by the IRS, yeah. and he? They've the got labor board. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. 
that meme was actually a prophecy sent from the future. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it, it's just wild. We got we got some interesting times ahead as as the industry gets whipped uh, in shape, and it's been a long time coming. And I'm I'm glad. Hopefully, it's gonna go to people who don't fuck around. So we can stop making uh, making excuses for poor player conditions, stop making excuses for cost-cutting exercises, and uh, start actually giving players the you know these supposedly elite-level athletes that I you know I read an article every day by a fucking publication that knows nothing about esports telling me, did you know you can make fifty thousand dollar an hour streaming again? Yeah, yeah, you can, but you know, like none, one or two people, you know, like ten people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick, sick of hearing about how esports playing. Video Video games, yeah, that cunt makes it kicking a ball around. What's your fucking point? Like, I have to read these dumb articles every day about how fucking legit we are, right? Meanwhile, those fucking journalists, like, they don't realize how not fucking legit we are. Like, you know, there's no player unions. You know, players don't have a great time in this industry, by and large. If you think ma mainstream sports is cruel, um, esports <laughs> undoubtedly crueler. That is the maddest thing, isn't it? Every article in the past was like, it's not a real sport. Sir, they've added two zeros to the numbers. It's yeah. the most real sport of the entire future <laughs> yeah. human race. Man, I saw a comment the other day. I can't even remember the name of the cunt who fucking said it, but like some um, some important person who uh, you know made millions, and he was doing one of them talks on one of those many panels where it's like we won't get anyone who actually understands the the live the land or the industry to come and talk about esports. We'll get a millionaire from another fucking business to come and talk about. Uh, um, other other esports. So uh, who the fuck was it now? Um, Ted Ted Leonsis. Oh, I remember this. It was the guy who owns the Washington Capitals. I think. Yeah. It was the, it was the, the guy, guy who owns Washington Capitals, like said. And I think he invested in Team Liquid as well. Or some yeah. Shit, right. So he, he said two <laughs> things. He said in five years, uh, he, he he said in just five years, Team Liquid has become worth more than he paid for the Capitals. That might well be true with current valuations, although. That's what also happens? not a great thing to say publicly because yeah. what he's inadvertently actually dropped himself in on there is the fucking NHL isn't doing very well. You dumb cunt! Like yeah. that's not like like if I own Coca Cola and I say that, that's sick, isn't it? If yeah. I own a fucking dying sport with a bad franchise, yeah. well, I mean that is a good franchise. You know what I mean? Like it's not the sport yeah, anyone yeah. wants to buy into. Like he's yeah. inadvertently wrecking himself there, the idiot. Yeah, and then he went on to say that in ten years. He thinks an NBA 2K League player will be better known and better paid than LeBron James is today. And By the way, like, if I had to guess, buddy, if you count all endorsements and salary, I would guess LeBron James is making like 50 million or more a year. Yeah. There's not a but, single person in esports is making that. Like in their lives. Like I, like I doubt even like any of the owners of any of those teams, no one's even close to that. No one's yeah. even close to that. Yeah, I mean, the reality is the NBA 2K League won't be around in 10 years. Um, and also, I he's mean, also not, he hasn't even picked like a big game. He's picked one that hasn't even made it yet. That's the yeah. maddest part, isn't it? Because remember, yeah. he didn't say an eSports. By the way, that'd be a mad statement if he even said an eSports player will make that. He's saying one in the NBA 2K League, which is ostensibly propped up just by being involved with the NBA, another dying sport. It's like, is this yeah. real life? Well, so what, what'll... <laughs> 
like the, the idea that a derivative product from the main product can be bigger than the product itself. <laughs> it's bad, it? That I mean, I, I don't know. Like maybe there's something I'm missing here. But the idea, it's like, okay, so what you're telling me is the future LeBron James is like reamed out and he's just there miserable playing <laughs> basketball. But the guy who plays as him on a video game of which there will be multiple people is making more bank than him running up and down no, no, the fucking No, in this guy's there. world, are you ready? In this guy's world some guy who's who's like comes from the fucking ghetto he's been playing basketball every day is one-on-one you know he's had to play in some dangerous circumstances you know some thugs came on the playgrounds but he's the one who's going to make it to the nba so he kept doing it anyway you know he went through the hard times and then his parents like course we wanted him to just go the easy route and become an nba 2k player but (laughs) he he wasn't good enough at the game he just couldn't he couldn't hack that lifestyle yeah so So that's like the stories we're gonna get apparently according to this guy like you know in 10 years there's gonna be a documentary about going you know like "Ah, i tried so hard man i tried so hard to be an nba 2k player but because of my injuries i had to just join the nba (laughs) (laughs) like fucking put down the pipe put down the fucking pipe like it's just outrageous isn't it like uh, and again these people are taken fucking seriously dude like i i call it cuban's law right if i what i'm gonna popularize this phrase because the absolute shite that mark cuban talks about esports and everyone just goes oh my god it's mark cuban he's like a billionaire and he has like cameos and things because he's like cool and and look at all the things he says and look at all the philanthropy he does and he was in like fucking dragon's den or shark tank or whatever the fuck they call it you know like he doesn't, yeah, but he thinks League of Legends is esports. He, he like keeps talking about, yeah, we got a burnout problem in the industry, man. Like people are washed up at 24. Yeah, in your game, in the one game you vaguely know something about. Tell that to the FGC, 45 year old motherfuckers like smoking people and winning fucking tournaments. Like Taz, like still, you know, out there doing it. Like we, we ain't got a burnout problem in CSGO. Why is that? Hmm. I wonder if we look at the structure. Oh, yeah, it's all that fucking franchising, burn our players out, let's fucking endless content mills, force them to stream, milk them from every penny, you know, for every penny uh, process that's going on in league. Weird how you're not critical about that. Uh, but anyway, whatever. As long as he gets his little moment for, from adoring fans. You know, it's Cubans. It's lawyer. funny he's never called anyone out for that. If you know that there's all this burnout and all these problems in the industry, go ahead and pop a few names out there. Give me one of the devs. I mean, you're not involved with anyone. You're the perfect guy to call it out. To be a hero. Tell me what dev isn't running their game, right? Tell me a team that abuses their players. Maybe even drop a player if you know the name of one who's burned out. Any of this information would be interesting. Also would be the first thing you'd say if you actually knew anything about the fucking topic. Obviously. Yeah. But you know, he, he did he did say fuck uh once during IEM San Jose. So said it twice, mate. Oh, did he? Oh, My bad. He said it what, again. A, what 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 a what a legend. Um so yeah, just just nonsense. Um right, let's talk about Team Liquid and their lifeline to Cologne that we've had. One of the things that you've been talking about, um uh you know a lot is how the blast series has impacted uh, negatively um on the entire circuit i didn't realize it was as bad as it was because you'd put a tweet out today where it's like the only so this is right the only event we've had the top five csgo teams in big lan uh, the only big lan where we've had the top five csgo teams was the major itself in 2019 and we're, we're almost in june that's like insane 
Um, Because that's the point people never got. This is why the pro... It's almost like they didn't do this intentionally, but it's almost like the genius of the whole blast thing was that initially we only all looked into it because of Astralis. So unfortunately, a lot of people can't get past only talking about the Astralis part of it. But the point is this. Yes, the Astralis part where they own Astralis and do the influence of Astralis is obviously interesting and it's its own topic. But the point is they don't own Na'Vi. They don't own Team Liquid. So how are they getting Na'Vi and Team Liquid to, of their own accord, not attend massive events, which it would be very much within the fucking interest of Na'Vi and Team Liquid to yeah. attend, not least because they could overtake fucking Astralis, the team that Blast the Refresh own. Uh, re- refresh technically only own. Yeah. Blast is company, obviously, of Refresh. Yeah. So the point is, that's the part where... Again, by the way, full credits to Blast. You are so fucking stupid. You gave us this information. We didn't even have this info, you dumb fucks. Like, I didn't even realize how you were doing soft exclusivity until you had the stupid hubris to say, all they have to do is play five out of seven. Well, since only six teams can attend a Blast event, or logically, all of your teams couldn't attend every event, could they? Therefore, you're actually, the five out of seven isn't a good thing for the rest of the industry. That's how you control the rest of the fucking circuit, because you make sure that when you do the five of seven, well, Obviously, if you really wanted to be lovely to ESL, you'd make all of the top five teams go to all the same five events. Oh, but you didn't, did you? <laughs> because you want to control the whole industry, you daft shits. So what you did is you had one where it was like Nip and Cloud9 and Astralis, and then you have another where it's Navi and Team Liquid and not Astralis. And in doing so, no other event in the whole year except the major. And then I can't remember if technically I buy Power Masters, a smaller event I did, but it's not it's not a massive event anyway. No, you fair, make it so fair, that fair. no one else could ever have like the top four teams in the world. Cleverly oh. done until you revealed it all like some dumbass Bond villain before you got away with it, you shithead. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, mad, it, isn't it? It, it, it's it's ridiculous. I know, um, like I say, I literally had no clue that any of this would go this deep. They actually stupidly in trying to sort of like they did that classic thing, Richard. Like, if you're in a if you're in a hole, stop digging. They just kept digging and now they're in fucking China. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I had I was the same as you, I had no idea like when this was, I was like everyone who comes into the industry gets makes a little bit of money gets a little bit of attention gets a little bit of love from the community they all then immediately jump to fucking being you know trying to be a fucking bond villain they all immediately go there esl have done it on multiple occasions because they've been in the industry long enough you know dream act have had a go like fucking esea have had a go like everyone has a go like you know mlg Right, go with with the Halo shit and and um, you know going head to head with fucking DreamHack and pay per view. Like even the companies I respect, they all have this moment where they're like, right, we've been doing great work. The community love us, uh, the teams love us, the players love us. We're doing great events. We're getting not, nothing but positive press. Shall we be evil now and just try and run the whole fucking industry? And everyone in the room goes, yeah, that sounds great actually. And uh, you know, maybe one person puts out because oh, but we could just keep building on this, and then eventually we'll just have fans and control the industry because people just like us and that. No, 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 absolutely. They throw him out the window like that. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that fucking meme. Get out, you fucking idiot. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's wild to me that that we're here, but not surprised because this is like my you know millionth campaign of this nature. Um, but um, where, where it where it does get interesting is the fact that you know when you look at the hard data, yeah, the 2019 circuit has been absolutely ruined just by the existence of the blast yeah. and the way that they could. Like, if their you business. are just I mean, a fan of the game, forget everything else. If you are just a fan of the game, this the 2019 is the fucking season eight Game of Thrones of CS:GO. 
<laughs> like, I'm not joking. 2013, when there was, like, no sponsors and all the events were small, they didn't have these problems. We still got the top teams at all the events, etc. Like, this fucking sucks. This is whack. <laughs> yeah, you got it in there for the search engine optimization as well. I like yeah. that. In there for the like YouTube that. algorithm. Yeah. So we might get a few. Because by the way, a side topic, a very brief thing I can mention is that's yeah. actually also an interesting detail. Because I see some people keep making this like, okay, yeah, okay, maybe fuck blast, but like, shouldn't we hit all the teams as well? It's like that's what you don't know because every fan does this constantly. You'd think from the first hour of the show they'd understand this isn't the case. Every fan makes out like, well, if you sign a contract, you are the bloody idiots. Like. Do you know the concept of legalese is that you can't understand it? You have to literally go to school for like eight years and fucking do like 14-hour days to get the... Because it's like a different language, you idiot. It looks like English. That's the trick. That's not a bug. That is the feature that they rely upon to mean that I can't just go and represent myself and win the case because I'll definitely lose to anyone who has an understanding of legalese. So when people sign these contracts, first of all, they don't know it. Not to mention the absolute contempt a judge will have you if you even try and represent oh, yourself. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. Like anyone who thinks like movie shit like that's going to work, it doesn't. You're going to get no. completely. My, my cousin Vinny is, is no. not how it works. Yeah. But here's the other detail that I didn't myself know again because, like, uh, by the way, the other side to this that is legit hilarious is every time I think, right, well, down tools, I've finished that story, some idiot at Refresh or Blast says something else new that makes me go, well, now he's just hinted at something inadvertently that makes the story even deeper. Back in we go, and then I dig a bit more, and there's another few skeletons under there. So another angle I found as well, Richard, was, you know what, all the teams aren't loving this, by the way. I know I said none of them came out publicly and said anything. I've had people from teams tell me, actually, you know what, some of the stuff with the circuit this year is exactly what you're talking about. The whole point is we didn't know what five events of the seven we would be getting. So actually we were waiting on some of them when other orgs were asking us, can you do our event? Yeah. And, we had, and then the whole thing is, that's why it's actually cleverly done. It's not cleverly done because they've exposed it now inadvertently. It was cleverly done before because this is another clever way they did it, is by assigning you what blast you're going to. They don't tell you not to go to the tournament that's a week after or three days before but it just incentivizes you not to. It makes it less likely you will. So mm. what's clever is they don't even have to have explicitly told these teams, don't do this because we're trying to control the Of course they wouldn't, but they did everything else that like, basically it's like fucking channeling a river somewhere, you know, you don't make the river flow that way, but you just, you can direct its course, can't you? Of course. Yeah. So anyway, Team Liquid looked to be one of the teams that weren't going to be able to attend ESL one. They weren't, alone. let's be real. Um, like well, okay. anyone, anyone doesn't realize if you know the way those invites work, like, yeah. You were, a team like Team Liquid, their invite would be in like the first five or six, definitely. Yeah. There's no way that would be the last one. So the fact that there was one invite left and they didn't get it, and then I had already heard through a source they weren't going, meant that they absolutely weren't. So let's just get that clear. It's not that like yeah. this being revealed, I was just jumped the gun. No, no, they weren't. That's why they've now announced, and they basically admitted, if you can read between the lines of the fucking statement, that they weren't going to go to ESL clone. That's why they themselves have to go through a qualifier while a shit team like Big just comes to the event. Like, if anyone thinks the industry works, like, they were like, oh, we forgot. It's like, the writers forgot about Team Liquid when they were making the invites. Like, no, obviously, this actually proves that I was right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, they weren't going. Um, and uh, anyway, one of the Team Liquid managers, a guy called Joker Steve, not to be confused with Steve uh, Arnsett, he's yes. a different Steve who works over at Team Liquid, so he's not he's not the big boss. But he's been at Team Liquid for a long time um, and has been through various iterations of the CSGO team and, and other teams. He put a statement out today basically saying they've been thrown what is this, effectively a lifeline. So there's there's something called the GG Bet Cologne Invitational where the winner and only the winner 
will get a, a direct invitation to ESL1 Cologne. Now, I don't know if that was always the case. I don't know where this GG Bet Cologne came, thing, came from, how it, like, who's partnered up to, to, to make this happen. From the whether... news, it looks as though it was announced very recently. Like, I saw yeah. someone was complaining about the fact that there's one for Cologne, a spot, and then one for Chicago or something as well. There's, like, a, two qualifiers they're going to run. So I assume it's, like, a last-minute thing generally. Like, they just, just get the deal together for the last spot or something. Yeah, and it makes me wonder because, you know, I recently in, interviewed Ocelot um, for Deserto, and we talked a lot about the CSGO team. I was very surprised that it didn't make it to Reddit, actually, because there was a lot of interesting information there about, you know, why they potentially weren't going to be at ESL1 Cologne. He said, we're still working on some stuff behind the scenes. Now, it makes me wonder if a lot of the people who were kind of frozen out of going to ESL1 Cologne for whatever reasons maybe uh did we're trying to do a little bit of leverage and get like another qualifier from somewhere oh um, it seems by the way you know earlier in the year they did a gg bet tournament it was the one yeah. that navi famously lost in heroic one apparently that also did the same thing that qualified heroic to sydney that was on yeah. a, on a way i'm talking about one where a different one actually maybe this was like an online tournament i'm thinking yeah. a different one, but apparently there was an online one that heroic got through so the I, navi one that I, I did the wrong tournament there. yeah so i don't know if this was always planned but it does seem weird that when G2 had all that nonsense because Nell went out and said, oh, yeah, they're not going because Shox is getting married. And, like, everyone was like, no, nah, it's absolute garbage. Like, Shox would be at a, it would be at ESL One Cologne on his fucking wedding day. Sure. Like, you know, um, so I don't know where you're pulling that from. Um, I will say, by the way, that's an example right there as a journalist of where you have overstepped your bounds, sir. You oh, have taken oh, the yeah, fact that you know Shox is getting married and literally just assumed that that's why they weren't going to the tournament. Like, I, yeah. like I, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I realize I'm sort of doing what he did. But I'm going to go ahead and guess you didn't have two completely independent verified sources who told you G2 is not going to ESL Cologne for this reason. You just assumed that. And that's one thing you shouldn't do as a journalist. Or if you do it as a journalist, be very clear that you are speculating. That is just your opinion, which is not what he did. He did it yeah. like in the definitive manner as well. Like, you know, he had all the shit squared away, didn't he? Yeah, and don't worry, incels. I am talking about Shocks, the French CS player, and not Shocks, the uh, esports host S, who does League of Legends primarily, but has recently done CS events. So don't cry in the chat about that, please. Um, but yeah, so G2 weren't going, and Ocelot told me. Um, you know, oh, we we we're working on something behind the scenes, so I can't say too much. And then legal uh, uh, team Liquid were were a hundred percent out, and um, obviously they had the legal legends team doing all of this stuff. It looked like it wasn't even going to be a big deal, you know, for them. The management didn't say anything. Um, you know, they were focused on MSI. Um, there was no statements. Seems to me you make all the controversy go away by just saying. Oh, don't worry. There's a qualifier coming up, and we'll be there. We'll be playing in it, and that's that. No controversy, no drama. People don't tunnel in on how the blaster ruining ESL One Cologne. People don't tunnel in on whether or not teams are being greedy by turning down ESL One Cologne to participate in blast events. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Like it seems to me, um, it seems to be very strange that this wasn't announced a lot sooner by the teams and it makes me wonder if it was kind of created at the last minute thorin's died at the moment yeah really. oh has he yeah i thought i, I thought it, i thought he was just holding in a fart oh there we go we've had zoomed in richard oh it's a nice zoom this time to be fair at least it's still on your face perfect zoom <laughs> ain't even gonna fix it mate. that's perfect zoom. i need to get some fucking just for men for beards is what i need mate i 
I think uh, Thorin's in tonight's gotten. But I was going to say, it's not like the first time there's been a weird qualification. And when VP just went out of Pro League and suddenly there was just hundreds of opportunities to get back in. Yeah, and th that's happened a few times for big teams, right? Like, I want to say it wasn't just VP that that's happened to. But, it, you know, it does seem to be like one of those weird situations where, you know, you end up basically like... We, we, I mean, because it benefits all parties, obviously. Like, first of all, GG bet having a qualifier, it benefits the, um, it benefits them because it's great teams are playing in our qualifier and it gets eyeballs on our brand and people signing up to use the service. Um, so they benefit. Uh, the, the teams obviously benefit because I think they want to play at ESL One Cologne. It's just like, when you commit to the blast because they're giving you financial inducements to do it, you basically fuck yourself over from playing at certain big tournaments because players can only play at so many tournaments a year. You know, we've, we've worked the player break in, but that doesn't mean you get to fucking just beast mode them and send them to every other event when they're not on a break. I mean, that's unreasonable. Uh, and players will not be happy with that. And then obviously ESL one benefits because you think they're happy about not having a team like Team Liquid there. Um, you know, that'd be, that'd be, that, that, that's absurd, of course. Um, so look, I'll, I'll read this statement while I wait, while I wait for, um, Duncan to come back. So if you can bring it up, do you want me to link it to you? Yeah, yeah, drop me the link in Discord. Uh, there it is. I like as well how you, Dunk, you're dead, by the way. <laughs> Just letting you know. Pro pro probably a violation of Discord's TOS right there. Um, so just a heads up for that. Um, but anyway, uh, so the uh, statement from uh, Joker Steve says, we'll get some lubrication for this. After much consideration and thanks to a changing schedule for us this year, I'm happy to announce we will be attending the GG Bet Cologne Invitational, which will award an invitation to ESL One Cologne for the winner. We understand that this announcement comes quite late, and we would like to apologize to fans who may be affected by our delayed notice of attendance. In this post, I also want to give some context as to our decision-making process and the things we keep in mind when we're lining up events for the year. I'll sk skip to the end. Uh, appearance fees. <laughs> um, that, that's, if, if they yeah. don't mention this in the rest of the statement, you, you be lying. One of our priorities as a team this year is to manage our playing schedule better in order to avoid burnout and mental fatigue. As much as we value stage experience, we attempted the strategy of accepting the majority of invitations that came our way last year, and it came at a significant cost. First, last year's schedule left us constantly fatigued and emotionally drained. Being able to come home, reset ourselves, and have lives outside of the tournament circuit has been a real boost to our team's mental state and morale. Really shows in all those finals and semifinals, <laughs> joking. Second, last year's grueling schedule, I'm going to repeat that phrase so it enters your brain, uh, left us with no time to study and revise our strategies, which meant that we had no choice but to reuse the same strats between tournaments. This is not how professional Counter-Strike should be played, and it affected the quality of our performances. We're proud of our improved recent performance, and it's a result of our more mindful approach to Counter-Strike's continually evolving meta. Our best chance to win is to end each tournament with a ready mind and a ready playbook. When we looked at our current commitments and travel traveling schedule, attending ESL One Cologne would have meant an extra two weeks in Europe, more time on the road, and less time to train to revisit any strategies. I mean, this is like a piss week. Mate, ESL Cologne is the one, but what event you go into if you're not going to Cologne? But what else? That's yeah. the it, but... Yeah, I mean... Outside of majors, but what else are you playing for other than Cologne? Like? No, no, yeah. 
Pretty piss weak. Uh, that sounds like Dunk's returning, so uh, that's good. Oh, there we go. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, there we go. He's back there in the game. I'm back. I'm back. I was I, getting I'll all just... this weird, all these packets from somewhere like Denmark or something. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, whatever. On the other IP now, so, you know. <laughs> good, good. Catch no me worries. if you can. All right, yeah. <laughs> 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 So anyway, I'll finish reading. I'm just reading the Joker Steve statement. Um, basically, the line you've just missed, which is where he's like saying, um, we looked at our current commitments and traveling schedule. Attending ESL One Cologne would have meant an extra two weeks in Europe, more time on the road and less time to train or to revisit any strategies. And I just said, that's a pretty piss weak excuse, in my opinion. Then he says, if we well, are- Especially attending... because this is another thing, right? Let's make mm. this point very quickly. One yeah, of the things probably. people keep doing, and I und I assumed, by the way, when fans did it, they were just idiots. Like I Believe it or not, by the way, when I call you idiots, I'm actually forgiving you for that. I'm basically saying you are not able to comprehend the thing. I'm like Jesus on the fucking cross like they know not what they do father forgive them like you know except i would never let myself Can get crucified so anyway aside from that casual comparison to jesus i, yeah, yeah, so, I am really jesus of course immediately so anyway the point i want to make is this one of the tricks people do because one of the things that's great, right, is when you can't win an argument with real points, you immediately just go to fucking sophistry. And what you try and do is you make something sound correct. So the best trick you do is the same trick Astralis and all their fans did. What they do is this, Richard. Yeah, but what about the uh, events we did go to? You mean the small blast events that I don't count as equal? Like, you make all events sound equal. So, yeah. like, that comments make sense there, right? That, like, well, we're going to this event, and we're going to this event, and how could we go to a third event? Except that that third event is, you know, like, the third biggest event of the entire year. So that immediately makes no sense whatsoever. Now, I know why he's saying it. He's obviously actually saying they're trying to go there now. But the point is, it doesn't sound cool that you went to a small blast event and then missed the biggest event, does it? Like, those aren't equal. Those are no way equal. You would have priorities. And plus, it's ESL 1 Cologne. We all know when fucking ESL 1 Cologne is held every single year. It's on the same basic week, like every year, as far as I can tell. Like, it's not like that's a surprise, you know, going in. Go ahead and put it in your calendar for next year. ESL Cologne, probably in early July, right? Like, this is one of the biggest events of the year. The idea that you would be like, oh, I never knew that ESL One Cologne was coming up. I've already scheduled all those smaller events. So that's like the angle that does. I'm never going to buy that angle from anyone in the industry. Come on. Well, as well, it's like Sam was saying before you reconnected. It's like, what else are you playing for? Like ESL One Cologne exactly. and the majors, right? So what? Oh, an extra two weeks in Europe where you don't get to revise your playbook. I mean, come the fuck on. Like, it's I'm going to do a video on this topic because I found the ultimate comparison that's going to wreck all these cunts. Because you know what's mad? This might sound weird yeah. from that earlier thing there. Are you doing this but... from on the cross or are you coming down and going to the grave? <laughs> this, this is just a normal, a normal mere mortal. This is already uh, <laughs> right, duplicate okay. spread. Exactly. So the mad thing about it is this, is... I actually don't even accept the premise that esports games burn you out. I don't think that's even real. Like, I actually think the things yeah. that burn you out are things like emotional stress, like being away from your family, yeah, sure, having sure, a sure. team house. Because I thought of this the other day. One of my favorite sports is tennis. You know that the top tennis players go to like fucking 20 tournaments all around oh, the world in like every continent. And sometimes a tournament's a week after the, like two weeks after the other one. And the whole point is if one's a big, you have to do it to maintain your ranking. Imagine that, Astralis. Imagine that, having a player to maintain your ranking, not just have a religious feeling in your fans' hearts that you're just the best without any current evidence with that. But anyway, you know, like, it's actually mad if you think about it. Like, in CS, these guys are complaining about playing a best of five. 
You know, in tennis, you play a physically draining best of five sets final and every other match is a best of five. Like at the end of the tournament, you might have done the equivalent of running like fucking 50 kilometers or something. Mm. And these guys sit at the computer and like, oh, the stress, if I have to do this what, more than once a month, I can't do it. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of this whole premise. Like what's mad is you idiots have now pushed me. Now I'm going to expose that you're all a bunch of fucking little bitches, basically. Good. No, I edited that. <laughs> <laughs> you all know I might have gone ham. Whatever. You made me do this. I've started yeah, editing myself now. No, time stamp. My own brain was like, time stamp that beforehand. <laughs> right, take <my> <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm on board with that. You need to time stamp the other stuff. You, you, you've got the process <laughs> correct. It's the application that's wrong. Um, but anyway, so uh, Joker Steve continues. If we are to attend every tournament that's scheduled, we would be on the road for two consecutive months without a break, living out of our suitcases and hopping from one tournament to the next. First, we have CS Summit in LA. Don't go to that then. Um, just a thought, but okay, you've agreed to go, so fine. And I like I like CSM. I'm not saying don't go to that, but they've adopted a format that's it's like clearly a much now. smaller event than fucking ESL one clone. Like right. here's the thing, I get that it's in California. That might be a good reason if your team liquid, yeah. but definitely not as big as ESL one right. clone, is it? Let's be then real. Dreamhack Dallas immediately after that, right? Okay. So, All right, event. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, uh, like a, what's that? A three, a three hour, forty minute flight? in business sure. class nightmare like they shouldn't um, even count as like that's like no. part of the stress should it come on then he adds should we qualify for ecs we then need to fly to london for the event and stay in europe to boot camp in malta for esl pro league final finals in montpellier a week later esl one cologne would be our by the way tournament in europe before returning to the us for blast la should we be invited and i think you know what iem chicago Shout out to Jocker Steve, because one, he's actually an all right guy in real life. I've met him a few no, times. He is, he, he, and he is also he's, a guy. He's, he's a sound guy, yeah. You know, he's also someone who isn't caught up in all the bullshit. Like, this is a public statement. But actually, yeah. since I've done this a few times before, I need to make the series I've often been threatening to do, which is basically I just take everyone else's press releases and I tell you what they really say. So yeah. another example of an absolutely Foreign bullshit Foreign translates, point, it could be called. Basically, another yeah. example of a bullshit uh, attempt at sophistry that he just did there was where he somehow implied that because his team, who hasn't yet qualified to ECS, could qualify to ECS, a less important tournament than ESL and Cologne, that would make it logical to decline an invite, a guaranteed invite, to ESL and Cologne, one of the biggest events of the year. Now, that will never make any sense. Never. Well, well uh, uh, And it's it, in Europe but, as well. But, but, but it does oh, make... Yeah, but but it does but it does make sense if you know about the whole ECS business and how it was set up. You oh, know, of course, the initial seed yeah. funding by Twitch. But he doesn't mention that. Like, you know, by the yeah. way, you know the bad thing. They, they, they have to up, do it because they're joint owners in the league, right? If they, they just came out and said that, I'd respect it. Yeah. If they just said that, we have a deal with them, but instead they do this again. They try and make everything sound like it's just a bunch of. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just say this as well. Like I don't I, like people need to just hear, hear me when, when I'm saying this. Team Liquid want appearance fees to go to tournaments. I don't know if this applies universally. Certainly is applied to um, some, like smaller tournaments at the past where there's like nothing in it inherently for the teams. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's something that's come up somewhere along the line. But the recurring theme you'll see here is um, there's like some sort of like financial inducement or it's like down the road. Like they have to go to ECS. Because the the Team Liquid ha is like a co-owner in the league, effectively. You have to go to um, ESL Pro League because, you know, you're in fucking Weezer or whatever fucking 
umbrella organization they're running this week from fucking Fringwelli's offices. Like, you know, it's it, it, these are the things. And then why wouldn't you go to American events? But the problem that you've got fundamentally is you're talking about, well, we've got these commitments that we have to go to because we've got business relationships with these leagues. And should we qualify for the land finals, we have to attend. Well, okay, uh, you know, first of all, I understand you should, you have to plan for that, but it's still a should. And then it's like, I mean, then we come back for the Blast LA, and should we be invited? I am Chicago. Well, should we be invited? I mean, that's that's a big thing. Like, how do you turn down one of the biggest events in the calendar for all these shoulds, and then try and lay it out as a perfect justification for why you're not going? Um, and then. <clears throat> Meanwhile, goes, every team that doesn't get invited, it's like, where's my invite? Why are I invited yeah. to 15 events per year? Yeah. And then he go and then he goes, on the other hand, if we do not qualify for ECS and do not attend ESL one cologne, that would result in significant downtime and missed opportunities. Plus it would mean sacrificing the opportunity to play to one of our favorite tournament tournaments for limited return. I'm guessing he's trying to refer to ESL one cologne there. Again, completely disingenuous bullshit because if it's one of your fucking favorite tournaments, you prioritize it over a, a, one of one of any one of these lesser tournaments. I mean, so it's just it's just nonsense. It's just fan service because they don't want to have to carry the can for basically devaluing the tournament. With our qualification for ECS final still uncertain, we reassessed our plans for the upcoming two months and decided to take the risk and accept our invitation to the Cologne Invitational. We would like to thank everyone from our fans to ESL for being patient with us as we try to find the right balance between competing, preparing, and resting. Finally, we would like to make it clear that we do not take tournament invitations for granted. We appreciate every opportunity to play in the biggest tournaments in the world, especially in storied venues like Cologne. However, the reality of being a professional player includes time management, prioritization, and of course, sacrifices. The next two months will be exhausting, but we hope to come home with a couple of new trophies in our suitcases. Well, here's the thing. It's a qualifier, so I don't even know why you're talking about it, because you'll get to the final and shit the bed. So it's it, it's fucking academic, honestly. It'll That's be hilarious. also how you know that they obviously turned down the invite, because the other yeah. thing is, why would he say that whole thing about how they still respect the tournament? And then secondly, no one in their right motherfucking mind wants to go through qualifiers in 2019. As you go, go yeah. and look at like ECS now, motherfuckers like a Vanguard who at the land you'd beat, they're going to knock you out online, mate. They, they, they roll up and just take over those qualifiers. Like no one wants to play through those. Yeah. So I, 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 I think this statement is like just, you know, Again, total fan service, you know, trying to make out that like, you know, oh, we've got this like two months on the road living out of suitcases. Yeah, and we've just put two player breaks into the average year, by the way, uh, that weren't there in previous years. You're also attending tournaments in America primarily, including CS Summit, which let's be fucking real. If that's not a holiday like, I don't know what is. Of course. And, 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 and again, the, the specter that's over this is, how many of these tournaments are you going to because you're effectively being paid to go? Or because you have a business relationship that generates money for you and you're sending the play, players for that. So let's not pretend that it's all about player rights and our players need this and they need all this time off and da 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 Because if it was, sacrifice one of the ones where you're getting a fucking appearance fee. Prove it. Prove it's about players and not about your pocket. You won't, because it ain't. Um, but overall, it's still good for ESL 1 Cologne. I mean, the fact that G2 are going to be in it. I haven't even seen Is there a list of teams in this yet? Oh, nearly all of them announced. So, Oh, yeah, you mean the qualifier, right? Yeah. I, I actually I couldn't know. see the qualifier anywhere. 
Yeah, have they announced the qualifier yet? I'll have a look. Like I couldn't yeah, see li- on the literally the only announced teams are Liquid and G2. And so there's six more teams uh, to okay. be announced. And obviously that's taking place on June 13th to June 17th. So um, it's going to be very interesting. I'm trying to think if there's any other notable absentees that could get invites to that qualifier. Is there uh, anyone you can think of? Who oh, is, let me, let me it... double check who isn't at the event. Let's have a yeah. look here. Because the thing is, remember, this is the one that cleverly Astralis revealed. Oh, they are going to be at this event. We're not skip. We don't make people skip events. We just made the other teams. Fuck you. Absolutely <laughs> fuck you into the ground. No, that is outrageous as well, isn't yeah. it? Where so it's like, like almost yeah. everyone else seems like they're there as far as I can tell. Let me see. Uh, there's no NIP actually. NIP, it doesn't appear to be going to it. Oh, okay. Well, oh, sorry, I'm wrong. Actually, NIP is there. No, I think yeah. everyone's there. Let me think. I can't see anyone here who's missing egregiously. Like, like, I'm guessing if you did the top 10, most of it is here. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, I think, um, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of the other teams that could get fucking invited. I mean, even look- Vitality's there. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think, who else could there even be? I mean, you'd have to go with smaller teams. It'd have to be like the avant-garde of the world, wouldn't it? Gambits, smaller teams, although they're not, apparently on like suspension now or something, some dumb shit. So, I don't know there's many teams left. Cloud9 Good. isn't there, I guess, but yeah, I assume Cloud... they're skipping it. Well, maybe, maybe not, right? I mean, you know, Cloud9 could get an invite. That would add some value to, to this qualifier. Mouse Sports, maybe. Uh, Mouse is on there. They're already oh, in, in at the PSL Cologne. In Cologne. Oh, yeah. they're already in Cologne. Fuck, dude crazy so yeah we'll have to wait and see i mean the key thing is like in terms of adding like value to the to the overall tournament like provided it is team liquid getting the fucking soft invite basically um you know because like based on what we'll talk about now dreamhack tour um yeah they were, like g2 aren't going to be a threat so if all the teams are below that caliber uh team liquid should do it but then again we're talking about fucking team liquid Who's yeah, spe- speaking yeah. of which, by the way, can we just go ahead and throw this in there as well? There's another piece of fucking sophistry I'm not going to accept from these teams, where you try to slide under the guise of this t- really you know, grueling tournament circuit, like tournaments that are in your fucking home country and like someone where you live in the city. Like that doesn't count as you the, being the idea that you dri- Yeah, the idea that you're driving down the road to play in CS Summit where people sit around on fucking You get the advantage when you go to that yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but sitting around on sofas, fucking drinking They're beers doing and stage. eating Sandwiches. No pressure yeah, I, know, whatsoever. I know it's mad isn't it like it's it's mad that that's being deemed as like oh, i'm on the road you're not on the road are you for that for that week that's definitely not uh an issue uh but anyway so look let's talk about uh dreamhack tour which was the sort of event that was on while we were in between episodes and um you know there was a few interesting stories that came out of this sure. i uh you know I, I i i watched this tournament i I watched the vods you know vince was working it dust was working it you know like friends of mine guys that i know so wanted to fucking um you know just check it out see how that new casting partnership was coming along and everything else um let's talk about uh just some of the stuff that's been going on in terms of ghost because i don't feel like we've talked about ghost gaming for a while right now um they had a pretty uh, a pretty tough time of it um and you know they they don't feel like they they were that great upset team that they were uh, a while ago so i mean they had this issue initially like when they went there they didn't have their full team cuz um freakazoid, freakazoid yeah freakazoid <laughs> couldn't go um 
but I also kind of feel there's been like a lot of weird shit going on over there, and you know they had, they had that whole issue where Steel was in, yes. and then and then Steel was you know Steel was in, Steel was out, Steel's back in. Um, people were like trying to mediate and mitigate like internal conflict, and you know Ghost were a solid fucking upset potential team that were like tactically sound and with young players that could like sure. really fucking go off in the games. And unfortunately, here they weren't able to overcome G two in the one best of three that they got to play. Uh, went out in groups. Um, you know, like the the player they did have uh, was that uh, what's he called? Like James. Yeah, it's the coach, like James. He's a guy who, if you saw, I think he did like some casting of like EPL a few seasons back for like the yeah. inside of summit. So he's been around a little bit. Yeah, but it it, it is obviously a massive um, impact to your to your um, numbers. But but I mean, just overall, like talking about it in a broader context, it does kind of feel like Ghost has had a little bit of a drop off. And um, you know, this move where it was like Steel, I think, was trying to bring in like almost like an enforcer, you know, like we've seen before in Cloud Nine, where you bring somebody in who's like a big personality, overwhelmingly positive, to try and cre you know, create a culture change within within the team. Uh it hasn't really worked out for them. No. Uh the, the, the you know, the way that I think Steel would have hoped. And then when you have additional problems like this, like he's unable to travel, uh, unable to attend events. Uh, and you go to events like this, like Ghost should be having a deep run at this tournament. If I, I think if they have all all their players there, I mean, let's be clear. Like some of the teams that were actually at this event, uh, you know, you've got like you know, like you say, you got the you got a French team called Instinct. To you know, whatever you got, uh, French Frogs was another team that was there. I mean, like in in Instinct is basically like. If you thought like the existence team was fucking bad for washed up players, this is the one that has like fucking sure. devil. These like, are all the never Matend, <laughs> yeah, Twanu, yeah. yeah, the people that were all like exactly. touted, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, f fuck that. And then, um, you know, and then like French frogs were there, like just all this other stuff. So pr pretty, pretty ridiculous that Ghost weren't able to get a, a deep run here, even with the circumstances. But as I said, they did have. Uh, a bit of a problem in the fact that they came up against G2, who was certainly well drilled going in into this. Uh, so just oh, that's one of the Ghost things. overall. Oh, right, Ghost. Yeah. Uh, right, well, first of all, yes, obviously not having the full lineup is going to affect the team. Like you were saying, I kind of saw the Freakazoid move. It made a lot of sense to me. Like, if I'm thinking from Steel's perspective, first of all, I've already seen what this guy did under Sean Gares, where he was like the fucking in-game leader's dream as an entry fighter. Yeah, he wasn't oh, super yeah. sick as a player, but he did his job completely and without question. Like, that type of a player, very difficult to find. And simultaneously, here's the other thing. Often that type of a player, the guy that just do their job, don't complain, don't... That's the quiet guy. The idea you get that guy and it's the guy who's like the energy guy, the positivity rolled into one. It's why Freakazoid actually, I don't care if his aim doesn't look sick. He actually has a lot of qualities he brings to the game that aren't Absolutely. just like shooting people in the yeah. head. And so bearing in mind, we all know in a Counter-Strike team, everyone doesn't have to be super sick skill-wise. Actually, he's a pretty valuable player at this sort of level at Ghost Stat. So looked like a good move to me when he was brought in. Sadly, obviously can't use him. One of the problems I think Ghost has is... 
a lot of their big tournaments last year where they had the big upsets was that they did have one really good player, which is Wardell. And obviously he was the guy we were all looking at. Like, holy fuck, this guy should be in cloud nine. He should be on one of these teams, you know? And I have to say... Well, famously turned them down, he said. Yes, yes, exactly. And I have to say he has regressed a little bit. Or he's just, you know, maybe they were just a few tournaments. He was just going super well and he's leveled out or something. But he hasn't been like as sick as he was basically because a lot of the times, like he had to be sick and then still had to call a great game and then it'd be a close win so like they already were sort of like they had pretty thin margins to get those wins over the big established teams as you say though fair fucks that they even came close here with not even a real team yeah i mean able to take them out of g2 who we'll talk about in in in, in a bit um you know with the coach standing definitely admirable um i'm sure steel's gonna be like massively disappointed that the situation arose sure. like i say I, I know when steel goes into these tournaments he sets the goal of winning tournaments of this size like, undoubtedly, that's the standard he holds himself. Also, wouldn't even be impossible to win a tournament like this if you had the real lineup. Of course not. No, no, definitely not. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, I, I think like, maybe, you know, Neptune is probably like a standout when I, when I watched the G2 game. Um, you know, his development's been interesting. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just feel that, well, I don't want to judge him too harshly or using a coach as a stand-in. Um, I think just overall, uh, yeah, like, there's, there's a little bit of that spark that they had a little bit of that hype that they had that's like missing right now and they definitely need to get that back if they don't want it to become this sort of like you know forgotten uh opportunity of the na scene um we'll talk about g2 uh again when i did my interview with ocelot uh for the cert oh there was uh this you know period we were talking about the csgo team and and basically carlos said that with the team he's got now, you know, with, with, with Jack's in it and Lucky in it and Amanek in it, he's like, he's, again, he talked a lot about culture and how this team is enjoying playing and everyone yep. gets on. And a lot of the dark clouds that were kind of over the team, um, you know, that, that, were, that were over the team back when they had this supposedly all-star lineup uh, was basically gone you know they were they, yes. they were they were rejuvenated they were super looking forward to every event and they felt they could do great things well look let's be real it, it this tournament i think was a bit disastrous for them and they might want to reevaluate just how far you can get with the fucking power of friendship and anime because um for, you know they lost i sure best of ones we all know that shit but they they lost to uh french frogs in the opening game and i think they had a considerable lead on nuke um at one point and then just shit the bed totally in overtime um you know they get they started hemorrhaging rounds in both halves despite the fact that it looked like g2 were going to close it out uh and that was like insane to me but that's fine you know you this shit happens on day one you go out and course correct it as i said they beat ghost right but then like they 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 lose to valiance now Sure, Valiants are another one of these teams that have, like, very underrated players. Um, uh, what's interesting is, as that team has developed and evolved, Esperanto, who we remember was the difficult diva going back to the Imperial, but it was, you know, in his mind justified because he was, like, the top player. I would say he's not even the best player on this team right now. I think, I think like, Nexa is fucking off. Like, he's just out of this world in terms of what he does 
uh, for Valiance. And this is a player who, of course, was like rejected by Renegades. You've obviously got uh, Nico's cousin there with Hunter, who was like constantly improving and getting better and having these like standout uh, rounds. Um, you know, and, and this other guy that they brought in, who I'd never even heard of that, like Letney or Let N1 or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's been a, a very solid pickup as well. Um, so you've got this like kind of, um, I think they're Serbian, is it? Uh, the, a bunch you, of them, yeah. Or, yeah, I, I think Hunter, Nexa and Letney are all Serbian. So you've got this Serbian core which is actually the the best thing about this Valiance team. Now, all of that being said, you know, if you're telling me a team with Shocks and Kenny S was going to lose to a fucking team in a best of three uh, with a Serbian core, again, even like six months ago, I'd be telling you, you were out of your motherfucking mind. And this is like... In their a, home country, no less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like in front of home fans. So, I mean, this to me, like, the, you know... The nature of the defeats, the overall level of performances, you know, they had two overtime bottles, like, you know, they lost it on Dust 2 in, in overtime to basically go out of the tournament. Like, not making the final of DreamHack Tour is a, is a massive setback, I think, for, for, for G2. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. That's the problem with this event, is if it, I... I'll give you what the G2 version of Sophistry for this would be like. Well, you know, uh, in the end, we were only one map away from the final if we make the final who knows it's like no with the talent here at this tournament you have to be in the final that's there's not even a question about that in fact bear in mind mouse only just made their team like what a month and a half ago two months you should even win this tournament because there's the problem this is where for people like ocelot they don't realize while they're able to make a stupid fight this is in general this applies to everything that i've said that's pr related on this episode the, the PR works on the stupid person. To the intelligent person, you just dig your own grave. So here's how you dug your own grave here, Ocelot. Because I agree, a lot of the things he's saying sound brilliant. They're what I'd want an owner to say. And in other games, League of Legends is an amazing example right now because they've just won essentially a world championship in a game that Koreans fucking dominated. So you know what? Some of that does come from culture. Like what he did in League of Legends was he recruited really, really well. He got all these amazing talents and then he created this system in which you had, yeah, you had to work hard and you had to play, but you got a lot of freedom and, you know, you had a lot of say in how you expressed your play and how you express your personality on Twitter. And he gave you the perks of being a world-class player, basically. And as a, as a result, he was cleverly able to not make it so you were like, he was a slave master, but at the same time, get you to feel incentivized to work. And they became the best team in League of Legends. The problem he has in CSGO is he doesn't have any of the best players. Yes, on paper, Kenny S and Shocks could be one day again. They were once. They aren't now, though. That's the key thing. So being as he doesn't have any of the best players, the only thing going for his team, which he correctly, as you said, he did an interview with me maybe six months ago, similarly, that he correctly was able to like brag about, is this isn't like other French teams. This team actually has broken that cursed culture they are practicing they have a coach yeah. they listen to the coach they have tried out many different roles now they've brought in new talent to specifically play roles of what they thought they needed they've done all these things and ever since the major remember back at the major he was bragging about how wonderful their practice was and how proud of them he was so that means essentially the core of this team yeah they've changed a couple of players obviously the core of this team though has been playing and practicing hard properly like top pros in top conditions with none of those bullshit excuses that French teams had for the better part of like a year, six months now. You know, we're talking like five, six months at least. And these are the results at your home event without top teams there. Your your story is we almost 
beat the team that didn't even win the tournament. Like, that's a whack story. You see what yeah. I mean? Like, when you actually yeah, totally add up yeah. all the stuff he says, it makes it worse. So the problem is, it's like that. I, it's like what I used to say about Neo when he's in Virtus Pro. Because I know he practiced and reviewed VODs and looked at his own game and did it. If he then is ultra shit and posts a 0.4k PR for like five tons, then I know he's garbage. Like, mm. at least some other player. Like, when I wreck Zeus, half the reason I wreck Zeus is if I know he doesn't do the work. If he actually just was perma shit, I'd say he should be removed. I wouldn't, like, make fun of him 24-7. Like, it'd be, yeah. it'd be tragic, wouldn't it? So that's actually the thing that's depressing me about this team is it's actually a great point for me in that whole thing of, like, if you're an Australis dietitian or exercise guy, stay in your fucking lane and shut up talking like you make your team win all the tournaments. Because this G2 team is doing everything right and they're worse than the Vitality team that has all the old yeah. stars that they rejected, essentially. Because guess what? There's a guy in the Vitality team actually bangs everyone out by shooting them in the head in the video game. And that, in guess what, Astralis, is what makes you win Counter-Strike. Like, that really is ultimate. Yeah, there's a lot of other things, but it will you, you have to have the other things and that. If you don't do it in the game, it is worthless. Like, I don't care that you were the nicest guy ever and you had the greatest practice ever and that you followed all the tactics and that you listened to the sports psychologist and you didn't cause any trouble. And what did you do at the end? Didn't come close to winning. Then who gives a fuck? Just get someone else in. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm done yeah. with this whole G2 project at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the fundamental problem, honestly, was like it made sense when it was the French super team because that hadn't really been tried before you know we, sure. we we never got the kenny s the shocks we never got mbk and shocks to put aside their differences and give it a go um it was a disaster it massively underperformed um and it's like you i mean say, looks like bloody the promised land compared to this like oh, it? yeah of course sure <laughs> that's the depressing um, thing isn't it but 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 it, but again, you know, the time for the fucking culture change was with that roster. exactly that that's what what you should that's have done the basically opportunity Exactly. What you should have done is brought in the people and the mindset change with that lineup and worked yeah. to change it. Yeah. Because, you know, again, you when, when we talk about lineups, like what could have been like, you know. That's a massive what if team. I mean, they yeah. already did oh, win two yeah. massive tournaments and then bomb basically off the others, didn't they? So like, yeah. of course, it's a what if. You know, and, and, and it, you look at all the little components where it's like, you know, Smith's as a coach to placate shocks and, um you know, like people's uh, roles and, 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 and uh, you know, little arguments, all these little things. I believe you know. that was another team as well where I won't completely speak out of school, but I believe that was also one of the teams where they might have been bringing girlfriends to events and stupid shit like that that distracts you. Like, so there was yeah. a lot of problems in that team, which that's why I say the problem with this whole scenario is I have to give us a lot of props. That is actually amazing that he broke the French culture and got people like Kenny S and Shocks to play like proper pros. The problem is he did it when they're at their worst. And I have to say, this is the spoiler Ocelot. I think that's the only reason they let you do it, mate, because they don't want to be fired and have no salary anymore. Like, I don't think they really bought into that. Like, if they yeah. did, it's because they're at the bottom. When they were at the top, that's why they didn't have to do that, because they were so good they could command, the, I mean, basically respect, even for when sometimes they didn't deserve it for their behavior. Yeah. And, and you know, meanwhile, again, it's like, you know, th th there's, there's players out there that could easily replace some of these um, players on this roster. Uh, again, you know, what, like, what the fuck's Kiyoshima doing right now? You know, if you really have got this cultural change going on, um, just improve the overall quality of your players. Like, again, I, I almost feel bad staying it because, you know, honestly, I don't think Jax has been as poor as I thought he was going to be. Oh, he's actually been all right. He seems like he does yeah. his job. Yeah. He's just not and, a world-class player. Yeah, and, and at 26, I don't think he is ever going to be. 
you know, like, uh, uh, but, you know, again, I feel a little bit bad being so critical because, you know, Ocelot's telling me how much he's like loving it, you know? And, yes. Yeah. That's and the then, problem. It's like, I have this like a big with... deal for him. Like Jax is like 100% nailed on trying his absolute balls out hardest because he understands what an opportunity it is. And I always have respect for players that do that. But, you know, in terms of what he's delivering on the server, like, is he ever going to be uh, a, a top level player? He probably isn't. And that's just the reality, you know? I always tell people this because I sometimes, have, believe it or not, not every pro just comes at you publicly on Twitter and calls you a cunt or whatever. Like, yeah, I have pros who often, who often will come in a DM and they'll basically say like, oh, you know, like, I see you criticise this player on my team, but, you know, he does a lot for our squad and this yeah, and that. Yeah, what yeah. I always tell them is this. I tell them, I don't actually care who are nice guys and who aren't. I'm, I'm judging Counter-Strike here. So I tell them this. I only want to hear that story when it's a player on a winning team that people say should be cut. So for example, if Ents does really well, everyone's like, cut the X7 guy, but then the players say, well, actually he does something very important. Now I'll go, oh, I'll take a second look at that. Mm. If you're on a losing team and you tell me, yeah, but he does all this stuff, it's like, who gives a shit? At the end of the day, sorry, the number one most important thing in Counter-Strike is winning Counter-Strike games. That is it. Like every other factor only matters if you are also winning Counter-Strike games. Like that will always be the defining factor. Mm. Yeah. So I, you know, what 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 happens here? Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know if the culture change is going to be enough for this team. Like get another few events under their belt. Obviously, we're going to wait and see how they perform in the CSL one qualifier, right? Because if they make it to the final and let's say beat a team Liquid to go to Cologne, then fair enough. You you you're gonna you're gonna ride that out and see how they do at the big tournament. But I mean, if they flop in that, um, at, at, at what point do you say you know like? we're g2 we're, we're doing so well in all these other areas and i know carlos is like it's not just about reach for him and it's not just about exposure he actually does want trophies in the cabinet so well he's got some problems there because he's got a two french events and has he made the fucking final well, what exactly. do you want at this yeah. point ocelot hold the tournament in your fucking bedroom mate and only invite g2 and some fucking kid from the local park you might you might win you know, if that culture's all really good, unless he actually turns out it's Zewu, so then each fucking one v five's your team. Ah, oh, what a shame! Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I like, I appreciate the sound effect. I know, isn't it? Uh, um, so anyway, by the uh, way, I think Ocelot's a G. I love him, mate. But oh yeah, same. I love. This Carl. is just one of those ones where it's like the sad thing about it is because he's killing it in all other areas of the esports scene. I want to believe that he's just cracked it. He's the ultimate owner, but in this one area in CS:GO. Nothing you're doing is working, even though some it, of the it, things no, you're doing in theory are good. His, 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 prob, his problem was picking fr French. He's fallen in love with shocks as well, you can tell. I mean, we all do, mate, but some, you, know, uh, yeah, you have to yeah, be able to get over that when it's not working. You, you, are, you have to understand how much of a legend fucking shocks is. Of course. Like, and and how, how, you know, I've known him for fucking so long, and he's such a cool guy. He's a great guy to hang he out He even with. is a guy yeah. where this is the maddest thing about him is he's one of yeah. those people who is so charismatic that you, if oh, you yeah. were talking to him, you do forgive him for not practicing the door. But it's like once you get out, you know, once you leave his fucking reality distortion field, you go, that's kind of fucked up that he's not even playing it. You know, once... Once you become sober again, in that sense, like one 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 day, if uh, if we're ever being candid and everyone's comfortable with it, the stories about shocks will just blow everyone's mind. Oh, of course, because he is just such a fucking legend. He, he basically a... here's the thing. Obviously, this is hyperbolic. Don't take this as literal. But he essentially is the George Best, best. of CSGO. Like I, I, all the I'm best. I'm not even parts sure of that that's story. hyperbolic. I don't even it's sure not in some ways, but all the best. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming he hasn't had his liver replaced and then just rested. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't that bad, Richard. But... 
yeah, yeah, probably hasn't had that yet. Although he did, uh, he did have a hand surgery. Yeah. yeah, he did have to go get that mm. hand surgery and take a few yeah, months old, off. Old Georgie oh. too lives sweating it out. Power it, swap it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just such a super cool guy, and it's like you say, you know, he's everything you want because you want him to be successful because he's like got that rock and roll fucking aura around him. He, you know, he, he doesn't play by the prescribed rules, and he can turn up and dominate with with actually little effort. Like it, it, it you know, it, he's it, absurdly it, talented as a player. Yeah, isn't he? that's what I mean. It's like it's like when you hear the fucking stories about like Mike Tyson with a fucking forty se yes, second knockout, exactly. and and the night before he was up all night doing fucking rails and yeah. you know smashing hookers and everything else, and then he went in a ring and he just destroyed uh, a professional athlete who works incredibly hard because he was just the greatest boxer of all time. Um, and it, it it's just like it, it it's sad when you see players like that come to tournaments like this and under deliver. You know you want you want them to do well. And and as an owner, obviously you're going to be even. You've got more reason to want it than anybody else. You deal with this yeah. guy on a day to day basis. You have all these great interactions. All these. So I I do get it. But there will have to come a point where they they've really got to be ruthless with this team. And I I think I think just picking the French scene. I think the French scene's fucked. I think, I think yeah it just ain't shit now and you know you look how like the swedes are getting their shit together and like we were just talking about six months ago like what the fuck is up with the swedish scene and then all the old boys have been like yeah actually fuck this i'm not having disco doppler stealing my checks it's time it's time to grind and you know fanatic are back and nip having a much better runner form so, the most um, depressing thing about the french scene is this it's hmm. not even like it's just publicly they have to pretend like there's all these issues that even privately, none of these people particularly want to play together. Like, none of them want Scream or Kiyoshima. Obviously, NBK and, and the other players don't want to play in G2. G2 players don't want to particularly think Vitality, you know, like, nobody, like, even if you actually could free all the contracts, I bet you they wouldn't make an amazing super team tomorrow, sadly. I think it's in, yeah. it's in a bad space right now. Yeah, and but, but I mean, for me, like, again, and I, I, I know this can't happen for, what, for reasons, but if we're changing culture, like, Give Keo a fucking gig in this G2. You know, You're also but, a bad enough team. It's just worth the gamble. It's well, worth the yeah. gamble, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. So so anyway, we'll talk about mouse sports because while we're talking about cultural changes and people who build successful teams. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get carried away with the hype like I've seen like some people on Reddit were like posting, oh my God, mouse sports have won this tier two tournament. They're looking so scary. Like, let's fucking dial that down True. right away. But... The, the reality is, like you say, you're G2, you've had the benefit of like having this lineup for a longer period of time, you're the home team, um, you know, but fucking Mouse Sports have swooped in and fucking won it and, and done it in real good fashion. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll earmark some of your tweets about, about it, you know, where you pointed out rightly things we've said on the podcast before you know like rops looks like a fucking totally different player and 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 it's like we act one of the things we accurately predicted we said out you know if there's a player in a slump of form a crisis of confidence and you get carrigan as an igl watch that motherfucker go because this guy i don't know what what he's got but he's like the player whisperer it's fucking it's mental. It? it is mental how he turns around players in bad dips of form over and over and over again and this is where you start to realize the power the potency of a good in-game leader who is a people person 
and 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 can manage people on an emotional level as well as a tactical level. You know, MSL isn't the player whisperer. MSL doesn't come in when you're having a dip of form and knows what to say to unlock the fucking Hellraiser box in your mind. That's like condemning you to the hell of playing shit. MSL don't do that. He just tells you, you have to stop playing shit and listen to me, and that's it. And if you and if you can't do it, you just cut. And sometimes even if you're the best player and you're not listening, you're cut. And that's just how it rolls. Carrigan will make you a better player if you listen to him and you open yourselves up. And also, the other thing is, compared to a lot of other people, Carrigan also has the respect factor. Because here's the thing. Yeah, maybe yeah. Nico doesn't think Carrigan's good enough. Because Nico's like almost the best player in the world. Like, there's it's you can only have, you can only imply you wouldn't want to play for Carrigan if you're in like the top three team in the world right now. Like anyone yeah. else, he's above your level, mate. Like he's taken a step down to play with you. This guy's been in a major final. He's been winning massive. Oh, at the end of the day, you can just go, if you ever want to, if anyone ever disrespects Carrigan, just tell him this one fact. He beat Fnatic, what was called the greatest team in history, during their prime almost every time he ever played them in a series. That's the fucking level this guy oh, yeah, he, he, he had fucking uh, mental on toast. Like, and, and like you say, the fucking... That's got to be the most gangster yeah. start of all time. Who can yeah. fuck with that? Yeah, uh, he's unreal. He's unreal. And people don't realize it. And it's a shame that it's his good qualities that are very often his downfall in, in terms of, you know, like when the Danes got rid of yes. him, when, when Faze got rid of him, because there is an element when you're when you're the man of the people um, and not an authoritarian. Well, why the fuck do I have to listen to you now that my ego is yep. up now that we are winning now that we've hit that first slump? And it's like I say, the idea, I, it still blows my mind that there was like ever a conversation where it's like, yeah, Carrigan's the problem in phase. Like, fuck me. Like, it, I know. It, 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 Especially because I always said this, as you just waxed lyrical about, if we were, bear in mind, clearly more than one player needed to change that team anyway. If you were going to sure. have to bring another player in, I mean, I'd even say, God forbid, you thought about your financial situation where maybe you can't buy the best players. Yeah. Who else the fuck could make this team better with new players? He's literally the, the most obvious person to do it, isn't it? I even look at fears now sometimes. This is how mad it gets. And every now and then I'll think, who could they get? And then part of my brain does go, what about that Carrigan? I have to remember. Oh, wait, he was in fit. Forget about that, actually. <laughs> and, and, and remember, you know, even though he's a veteran player and he did play 1.6 and everything, he wasn't an in-game leader back then. Sure. That the, the 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 absolute insanity about Carrigan as an in-game leader is he learnt being an in-game leader while playing in CS:GO on the Mouse Sports team with God B in it. He like basically took notes from him, and when he moved into doing it later on, so he he's like a latecomer to IGL, and he's got this shit cracked. Like yep. it's fuck. It, it is it is berserk how fucking smart he is and how good he is. Um, but you know the 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 other benefits here is the the, the the core of this mouse sports team, the questions we had, could Rops get back to form? Carrigan's fixed that problem. Could Frozen develop and prove that he can play at this level? Because it ain't your fucking FPL pugs. It ain't your pickup games. It ain't your scrims. This is on land, spotlight in your face, and you're still a fucking teenager. Turns out. Frozen can absolutely do that. Legit talent and in the best place to learn and be nurtured by an in-game leader who does it habitually. Then the other question, what type of Woxic is going to come to this team? Uh, and so far, pretty consistent, right? Like not 
not not a hit and miss play, player that we've seen in the past. Guy, you know, getting it done with the ops, capable of winning rounds and taking it over by himself. And then the other question you have is, is Chris J, who was in and out the team, all of that handled terribly, in my opinion, by the organization, um, was Chris J going to be able to relinquish his prior control of the team and how important he is to the team and deal with a new in-game leader coming in probably with a new system new ideas and a completely new lineup with the exception of rops for chris j to play with was he going to be the good soldier yet again for mouse sports the answer is yes so all the big question marks i had about this team um in terms of how the players could work together have all been answered in a positive fashion so now the only question you've got is where is the limit how good can they get over the next three months and winning tier two tournaments already i mean fuck they're, they're, this, this team really does have some potential um and uh very excited to see where it goes although that excitement is tempered yes. by the reality i don't think they're ready to mix it up with the top five yet not by not by a long chalk yeah, that's the thing. It's a bit like the whole thing with Zewu as an individual player. All these great signs, the whole trajectory's looking brilliant. You're hitting all the initial like check marks, but there's a reason why the top, top players are considered the best in the world. It's not that they had one good tournament or two good tournaments or they got one nice placing and then they had one that went, no, yeah, it's consistency and it's the body of work. So yeah, the key thing is, he has absolutely lived up to his reputation. As you just basically described there, pretty much every player in the team's in form. And some yeah. of them above expectations. Like, for example, as you said, if you looked at Rops, the way he was going off at the end of last year, you'd have thought, yeah, actually, he's just ended up being an okay player, and he? He's not going to be a star. He's looking now like if they actually get to the big tournaments, this is a guy who one day could be like a top X player in the world. He could be on one of them lists. Woxic, obviously a very talented player, but he was on a team where people pretty much felt like he just got to do whatever he wanted, and he was just the one-man carry. So sometimes those players don't transition that well to a proper team. Looks like he's doing great. Frozen, I would have even given him another year. I would have said I wouldn't even judge a harsh. A bit like when Rops first came in the team. Yeah. I was like, I'll give this guy some time. You know, I'm not going to go super hard on him. He's already online. He's already yeah. basically where you'd want him to be as a mega young player with no experience. And so the idea, like, all of this is a coincidence. No, it's so clearly, so yes, I don't want to take anything away from the players. They did the play. They put in the hard work. But the idea that a guy's come into what was a dysfunctional team, they've made a new roster, and it's immediately hitting all the check marks you'd want is so, so positive for the future. And if you look at well, the initial lands they've had, they haven't really yeah. put many feet wrong. And, and and the other component we had is, you know, like would would uh, Carrigan have wanted to work with some of the other players that Mouse Sports had ties yes. to? You know, would he have wanted an Oscar in there? Would he have wanted a Stico in there? Now, I, I've obviously, like, rate both of those guys of course. um if, if for different reasons but uh honestly it, it, you you have to say like this is the, the this was the right call like whoever decided to assemble this lineup knows something about the game i don't know who the fuck it was but yeah, like you, you you can't say they're missing anyone right now no, this is a great from, job from of the, recruiting yeah yeah definitely so whoever they did all did the that, right gambles basically yeah, and, and how, how often do you see your fucking team owner do that? I mean, we're just talking, again, compare and contrast. We're talking about Ocelot taking gambles on Jax and Lucky and, and guys like this. Um, and, you know, that gamble hasn't paid off. And then meanwhile, whoever the fuck put this team together, and again, we can't even put a name to it. don't know. I'd like to yeah. know, to be fair, because, yeah. again, the odds that they, a lot of they looked into all of this as well. Because that's the other thing, is 
I, I, that's why actually this is one of those teams I'd love to know like the chronological order of how it all happened because the other thing is as well if you actually picked these players and you were already negotiating with Carrigan that he was going to join you're actually a legit fucking bona fide GM mate you know what you're doing in this game yeah for sure uh, again ima imagine a world where teams like in CSGO actually made like sick documentary content and like I know. You, you know what I mean like what a missed opportunity I feel every time when, when a team emerges with a super cool story shouldn't be people like me and you going out and telling it like of course you're the ones with the fucking cameras like you, you you're just down the hall you know from these guys like you, you can film it all and tell us all of this cool shit that we have to fucking put together by knowledge of the scene and reading between the lines um I do think we're a little bit content starved in CSGO but that's definitely a topic for another day. So anyway, we're going to start wrapping up the podcast now. Um, time to get into our patron questions. Because remember, obviously, we do have a patron component to this on Patreon where people donate to bring the podcast together so you know we can justify doing it as well as in addition to the sponsorship and everything else. Uh, so your boy ButtPounder420 uh, comes in and asks, uh, out of all the top teams in the history of CSGO, which one was your least favorite to watch? Now, I don't know if they qualify as a top team, but but I have an answer that just immediately okay. leaps out. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, th I'll think about why you do it. Flip side. Uh, flip, watching, watching the old Blade flip side was the death of the soul. Absolutely. I'll never forget the MLG Columbus uh qualifiers where they had that ridiculous game with the mouse sports team with like fucking dead no, that was actually out the major it was a oh, yeah, yeah yeah sorry it was columbus it was in the group yeah. stage on the first day yeah. so yeah yeah that, that yeah that the unbelievable game yeah which fucked up the whole first day because they had like four or five fucking overtimes and the quality of of cs in that game was absolutely terrible and flip side were doing this like tactical fucking approach where it was like, right, guys, it's 20 seconds in the round. Let's do our execute now. No one's pushed. It was like watching a fucking Mexican standoff where, like, you know, just every time, like, round after round after round after round, terrible aim from players who, like, you know, it's great doing an execute if then you go in and you explode onto a site. But then what typically what happens is I'm watching a fucking aim duel between fucking Spiddy and fucking Shara, whatever the fuck he was called. And it's just, it's like that scene from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, where the, where the fucking, yeah. Yeah, where the fucking bullets are just in a fucking outline around him. Just absolute fucking nightmare. So I absolutely hated watching Flipside because not only were they shit, but they were so slow. To, so to deliver up the morsel of the round, the good bits, because obviously, you know, there's there's a pathology to, to a round, right? You have the, you know, the buy time and then you go in and people get set up and you go to the default positions and then you have the, the, the picks and the pushes and the feeling each other out. And then maybe you have an execute, maybe you have a fake, the tactic, the playbook, and then you have to reverse it and double it up. So the way rounds break down can be super interesting when you watch high level teams do it. Whenever you watch this flip side team, dude, it was just fucking pure death of the soul. It was just like how uh, the same shit every time let's use every second of every round it's like playing fucking germans in mr12 back with three minute round time back in like 2005 it watching flip side was so shit um and glad they're gone <laughs> like honestly glad they're gone please like never let there never be another team as bad as them ever again 
That's a good pull. I mean, again, as you say, it depends how far you want to let and stretch the top team part. But I, I definitely agree because Flipside is a perfect example of what I was actually talking about in a past episode where I was like, yeah, there's there's a part of you as a fan can watch the game and enjoy exciting games. There's a part of you, the analyst tries to go, you know, how good is the Counter-Strike? The point of Flipside was I would watch them as a team. And yeah, in terms of enjoyment, almost none. It was, it was absolutely dire. But you just look at them and then the conscious part of your brain where you're analyzing the game goes, great achievement. Uh, how did he do it? But then it's like, I don't want to know. I don't want to see any more of that. I agree. I, they were they were a nightmare because they just were the catalyst for shit. Games. And always got to the major as well. I mean, understand that. Oh, and they'd it's also like, fuck well, someone yeah. else's tournament as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they, they, they would qualify at the expense of a much more exciting sure. team to watch. Maybe not a better team. I'm not saying that, but a fucking sure. better team to watch. And they would knock them out, get to the major, and then be right, we made our stick of money now. Let's play slow dog shit counter-strike brilliant yeah loving every second of this give me more of that flip side goodness thanks you know and then just out immediately in the sure. first round like so yeah so fuck them terrible um you, you if you got you got one, yeah you got i've got one so here's the yeah. thing right i'm gonna try and make it it's not gonna be spot on it's not gonna be all the best teams in the world but i'm gonna make it more towards the end of top teams because like everyone knows the ones i hate out of the other teams like space soldiers i thought they were just a waste of fucking time again all they were there to do was stay with the bird that goes in the engine that takes down the, the actual plane but they're not a plane they're just a fucking bird so they would shit all over everything after that so then the one i would actually pick would be the first iteration of the immortals lineups this is not the one with kng that got to the final major this was the team that was like phelps and bolts and steel and that maybe was steel on that one yeah i think he was i think i think i'm trying maybe maybe he was on the one after Maybe I'm, oh, the one with Henny and Lucas won, right? Yeah, yeah. That team that one, yeah. already had the talent to be really good. They had a bunch of good... Every player was good in it, actually, except the short-time guy. And the problem they had was they were the opposite example of that. If I just watched them and I turned my brain off completely, then, yeah, I could be like, oh, look at that crazy shot Henny just hit, man, his reaction. But the problem is if I in any way engaged my brain, they were incredibly frustrating to watch. Like, yeah. it was totally justified that team never made it to any of the majors because they literally were one of those teams that didn't deserve to, essentially, because, like, the way they played almost, like, limited their chances for success. Like, they didn't have a coherent style. They didn't seem like they had proper in-game leadership. The players that were supposedly the good players were mad overrated. They were all over the fucking place because, again, as people now know, some of them were, like, you know, kicked out of Fallen's team, so they have zero confidence. Some of the other ones are incredibly way too cocky. And then, you know, all the external things in the team, they're all partying, they're not applying themselves. So everything combined, what I knew about the team aspect of it, I didn't find them a very satisfying team on any level because I think they were just mad wasted potential. I think, as you saw, when they later on, some of them got their chances and got their shit together. But I hate teams like that. Those are the ones that really kill me because even in game, you're like, how many fucking mistakes can I see in one round from these players? Yeah, yeah, they were, they were pretty uh, pretty cool. Uh, right, the other question from Reykjavik on Steam says, uh, with news that the, the CS Summit is changing from a double elimination best three bracket to a two times best of one group stage with four of the six advancing, is this likely to harm the enjoyment of the event or is the event still likely to be as enjoyable for us plebs because of the fun event vibe? So again, I'll, I'll, I'll go with this because I deliberately left it out earlier because uh, I saw the question. So, I mean, look, I think first of all, um, if I was guessing, I think CS Summit have maybe been not pressured, not the right word, but probably the teams have been like, can you make the format a little less grueling again to use that 
to use that word. And if you do that, we'll definitely swing by. Because the th- the trend we're seeing... It also probably... looks like they've made the event one day shorter. Yeah. So I don't think it's a budgetary thing with with the Summit. The Summit are doing very, uh, very, they're doing very well. Tournament's been successful. They get a lot of buy-in from the top They seem teams. like they have a good model, actually. Yeah, they, they do. Run the shit. To- totally. I mean, they basically took the TV model, improved it, and, and, and here we are, right? They're doing a great job. Um, but um, I, I, I don't know if some of the teams would be said to them, like, we've got a busy schedule. We've got all these other tournaments. be nice to have something that's just, like, low-key, bit more True. fun and 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 they acquiesced and did it because one of the reasons the summit got a lot of fucking plaudits last time around in csgo was because it did do a legit format that was actually better than some yes. of the other tournaments out there but did it while motherfuckers were just sitting on a sofa <coughs> and, you know yeah 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 exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah you know they, they, so they for them to walk that back i kind of feel that isn't a decision they're making themselves they feel it has to be coming from somewhere else now to answer the question about whether or not it'll diminish your enjoyment again it totally depends uh why you watch counter-strike i mean first of all if you want to see a legit tournament with best threes and you want to actually use this in your determination about which teams are good and which teams are bad right now and who gets ranked and points if that's if that's your vibe if you're a purist you're probably not going to have a good time but there'll still be content to absolutely consume i would say if you're thinking about cs summit ever in that way you probably shouldn't because that's not what it's there for and the reason the cs summit even with a format like this is superior to the blast is because of those little moments you know we all remember like fallen being on a sofa and giving us all these like great ins and cold zero giving us great insights into things that happened in the games from their perspective and that content is solid fucking gold that you will never see unless you put the players in those environments now again if you don't enjoy that i think you fucking don't really enjoy counter-strike and you don't give a fuck because give me the opportunity to pick a pro player's brains and get like loads of anecdotes like you do in the reflection series on your youtube channel and basically contextualize the entire history of a game from a player's perspective i think that's incredibly invaluable i think seeing players from perspectives where they're relaxed and having fun and having beers and interacting with other pros i think that adds a lot of value so will the tournament still be enjoyable absolutely um will it be enjoyable if you're a purist probably absolutely not um but but put it this way if you think well fuck cs summit in the same way you're saying fuck the blast i mean when cs summit runs fucking a tournament every month and there's soft exclusivity and shit exactly. going on. You know, then I'll criticize the summit for having a shit format on top. I mean, we've even said as much about Blast, right? If there were less events, if the event format was good and they didn't do all the things we now know they are doing behind the scenes, there would no one would have a problem with them. I mean, I would still have a mild problem with the whole owning Astralis thing with Refresh, but that's a side topic. That wouldn't actually spoil my enjoyment of the tournament itself, would it? I even made that point on the episode where I was reckoning them. Like, if their actual format was great and the Counter-Strike was great, what's mad is the purist in me would even be going like, oh, fuck. I kind of want to see this amazing tournament, though. Why would I? Why would I want to argue against it? You'd have to do that thing where you argue against your own interests, essentially. Well, that's the thing. CS Summit simultaneously manages to be a fun event, a side event, and have some good teams, and be legit, and produce extra content. So they're basically everything Blast pretended to be, just in some fucking mad sheep wolf in sheep's clothing moment to get in and then wreck everyone else in the industry. So I would, I would agree. The problem with this one is. The format was unique to them. Basically, almost no one else did double a limb except the miners, bizarrely. I don't know why that's allowed there, but not in the main tournament. But that's a side topic, as usual, with Valve. So it was cool that they had their own shtick with that. The one downside here as well is, obviously, 
CS summits in the past were usually this type of field typically. Like, you know, there were a couple of top teams and not as many of the lesser ones. Last one was a little bit of the lesser teams, which is why I, I could buy your theory that in a busy schedule for this year, maybe they had to make some sort yeah. of a compromise to get yeah. teams like Team Liquid and Ents to come, etc. But that's also the killer because if this had been double a limb, we might have seen Team Liquid and Ents. By the way, the teams, I think pretty much most people want to see play the most in a best of three. They might have played in two best of threes if this had been double a limb. So I don't think this makes the event bad or whatever. It's not as good. It's still not a bad format. I mean, it's actually a better format than like fucking ECS finals or whatever have been in the past. So still, still well done to them. As we said, not really any complaints about them as a company, the way they've done things. Amazing that, isn't it, Rich? Not being hired to mm-hmm. an event. And yeah, I'm not just lying about them. Oh, wait, I well, don't lie. Wait. I'll go on, I'll go <laughs> on further. I'll, 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 I'll go on further here. Uh, me, me and Hotbit, who's obviously a huge part of uh, uh, sure. the summit, have had very uh, contentious relationships down the years, very on sure, and off. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so to, put it, to put it in context, I mean, you know, I was like going through some old, you know, I was going through the old hard drive, the old Dead Man switch the other day, like just to amuse myself with some of the old shit, right? And I, I found like a chat log from way back with me and Hotbid fucking arguing uh, because like they'd basically fucking Team Liquid, which Hotbid used to be a representative of, had basically told a bunch of lies about me. Uh, one of the first probably they told and I had put me on a blacklist. I wasn't able to interview any Team Liquid players. I totally forgot I'd been blacklisted by Team Liquid. This is in the StarCraft 2 days for everyone, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like 2010 or 2011 or whatever. Um, and, and me and Hotbit were having a very vitriolic back and forth. And on top of that, he did the Esports Express stuff where he was the head of that. Where yep. basically, oh, that. <laughs> yeah, basically every time instead of doing actual biting satire about things that were going on in the scene, um, they would just basically find a way to insult ju- actual journalists. It's like From literal the, working class back backgrounds who had grinded their way on minimum wage salaries to make it in esports and just do yeah, things fake, like funny articles yeah. like here's a lie that they never said with nothing yeah. by the well, way they this could, is, this they is the could bear me a bright that brian williams guy in one yeah, of they articles. literally they literally put a quote from me with my given birth name of saying a, basically a yeah. racist comment it was unbelievable like if i'd have known back then by the way i look you're lucky i didn't know this back then i would have sued you back then like, if I'd have known what oh, I know sure. now, I would have sued for that. But I didn't know at the time, unfortunately. Because that's the other thing about that site, as a very quick aside, is half the joke was they never said it was satire. That should yeah. be explicitly on the site somewhere. Yeah. That's not funny that someone could, like, fucking Google one day and find well, that. In of your course. case, in your case, crazy. Because remember, because it's called Esports Express, people are going to think that's yeah. a news website. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, that I mean, did happen. That's what's yeah, mad. That did yeah, no, I remember. Dude, I remember. That went on the League of Legends sub, and people thought that was real. That yeah, that's that a real comment I made. Yeah, I know. It was unreal. Mad, so anyway, yeah, uh, as you can see, I have more reason <laughs> to fucking hate these guys than blast fake them. But yeah. point is, their tournament is legit. And also, it'll still be a cool tournament. And it's just a side thing, so there's not really anything to hate. Probably still be a but, pretty good event. But but there was there was a, there was a period where they, um I think... uh they, they're like a few people were asking if I was going to go to like the first CS Go CS Summit because obviously I was living out in the states. It's like not far, um, and I think um, I think me and Hopper had a talk, and he was just like, obviously with all of the Dota drama that I've been involved in down the years, um, you know, Dota's their bread and butter, so it wouldn't necessarily be like a good call for, for them to have me involved. But he explained it very professionally and very very uh, you know p- politely, uh, despite all of our differences and, and arguments that we've had. And then I think for either this one or the one before he actually invited me and said like fuck fuck all that noise do you want to come and obviously i'm at a point now where i just don't go to events where where uh avoidable um because of all the death threats and shit so um you know but i thought it was really cool of him to put, uh, ooh, put differences and politics aside for the sake of a good broadcast you know 
go figure, right? So uh, I've got a lot of res- yeah, uh, totally respect that. Got a lot of respect for them, and I hope CS Summit continues to be a big success. So anyway, there we are. That's uh, th- that 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 is the show. So we will thank rivalry.com once more and remind you all if you want to make some predictions for the CS Summit, the tournament we were just talking about, and some other tournaments besides, go over to rivalry.com. Um, create an account, and you can enter something called Thunderdome. It's not betting. You don't need to put any money in. It's completely free to enter. You just pick the result. It's like an accumulator. You get the right amount right. You get $500 free money. All you have to do is sign up and enter it. And, of course, if you are a betting-type person, right now one of the things they're doing on the site is if you want to make a $25 bet on the result of a game, um, you put $25 in, and if your bet's fucked up, you're gone done fucked up and you made uh, a, a Richie Lewis type prediction. Uh, don't worry, you get your $25 back. So lots of good reasons to go over and sign up uh, with Rivalry and support them because they support me and they support my channel. Uh, anyway, obviously the other people who support us are the patrons. Um, so shout out to our $100 patrons. Uh, Jerky's Minion, Detlef Insomniac, Reykjavik on Steam, Mikhail Alex Ragnarsson, and of course, Butt Pounder 420. And our $50 patrons, Marcus Kiumpa, TC Owens, Saad Sawar, Watch Doge, Carve Madsen, Colin Penny, and Benakagi Assassin. That's been By the Numbers. We'll be back next week talking about all the CS news and the stories that we missed this week with all of the drama and stuff. And until then, take care of yourselves.